3: And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 1, 5, and 10-gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
4: Today is Thursday, January 7th, 2021. Coming up on Roland Martin Unfiltered, broadcasting live from Atlanta, unanswered questions about why white domestic terrorists were able to breach the U.S. Capitol on yesterday. Where was law enforcement? Was there a massive failure when it comes to leadership? Also, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has accepted the resignation of the Sergeant-in-Arms. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer says he wants the sergeant at arms on the Senate side to resign before he takes over as well election results were certified late last night in spite of all the chaos. House members also calling for the impeachment of Donald Trump or for the cabinet to invoke amendment 25. We'll talk with the constitutional expert about that and Trump cabinet members and staffers are walking away in protest of his behavior on yesterday and President elect Joe Biden today announcing his team believe the Department of Justice. He condemned what took place in DC yesterday. We'll also talk with an attorney. Uh, who was arrested and tased for wearing a dashiki to court in Los Angeles. And a football coach in Tennessee has been fired for his racist attack on Stacey Abrams on social media. Plus, a police officer is fired and charged with filing a false police report in the arrest of a black man in California. Folks, it is time to bring the funk on Roller Martin Unfiltered. Let's go. We'll be right back. back. Democrats are demanding answers from Capitol Police as to what took place on yesterday to allow white domestic terrorists to breach the U.S. Capitol. A lot of questions, very few answers. Here's a video that was shared on TikTok to give you a sense of how the Trump terrorists overwhelmed Capitol Police. You'll see in this particular video here, Uh, you'll see where uh, here you have them trying to Hold them back. Then all of a sudden they're fighting these Capitol police officers. There are not enough of them. Then all of a sudden, they just overwhelm them with force. And then finally the Capitol police just sort of just backs off and allow these folks uh, to come through. It was a uh, shocking and stunning uh, to witness to see this. And then all of a sudden you see when one side, then another side, and all of a sudden, folks just move forward and move forward and move forward and move forward. Uh, as the cops try to hold, try to the cops try to hold them back. Folks, it makes no sense uh, what took place on yesterday. Keep in mind, there have been numerous protests uh, near the U.S. Capitol. Uh, And in fact, uh, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, she said that she was assured four days ago, five days ago, by the police chief of the Capitol that they were prepared for the crowds. He told her they would not even be allowed on the Capitol grounds. Um, Look at this video here and you will see They clearly were allowed on the Capitol grounds. Uh, And so again, uh, a tremendous amount uh, of questions that people are asking. Uh, Nancy, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, she spoke today and she said that she had demanded and received the resignation of the House Sergeant at Arms. That person is supposed to protect members of the House of Representatives. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, the Democratic Minority Leader, he said that between now and when he takes over as Senate Majority Leader, when Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff were sworn in, he will demand the resignation of the Senate Sergeant at Arms as well, a complete And massive failure across the board. Uh, D.C. Mayor Miro Bowser, uh, she also uh, spoke today uh, where she made clear that they are going to build a seven foot unscalable wall around the U.S. Capitol to protect the Capitol from any future uh, uh, any future uh, protests from these Trump domestic terrorists. This is her today.
5: We will be looking very closely at what we learned, what's what's happening at the Capitol, working with congressional leadership, and the presidential um, inauguration committee.
6: Okay,
7: thank you. And then, uh,
5: but uh, you you did uh, hear the secretary uh, offer two very important points uh, already that the, the fencing that is going up around the, cap, the, the Capitol, uh, non-scalable fencing will be in place through the inauguration uh, and the, the guard strength um, that is all, that will be coming on the ground by this weekend up to 6,200 will be available
8: through the inauguration as well.
9: which is a larger which is a larger uh, composition of personnel than you would have for a standard inauguration.
7: Thank you. And then just one follow-up there for you, Secretary McCarthy. The black fencing, you said at least 30 days or no more than 30 days that will be erected? At a minimum. At a minimum. Okay, yes. thank and, you. Yes, and we'll work that in
9: coordination with uh, the city as well as the Capitol Hill Police. Thank you. Yeah.
5: Yes, Mark. Uh,
10: Mark Seger, NBC Washington. Two questions for Secretary. One, could you, and I tried to follow along, could you repeat the specifics about the fence? Will it completely surround the U.S. Capitol complex, uh, the fencing? Could you just give those specifics one more time? Yes.
9: So, Constitution to Independence first, and then the the road there in front by the pond, uh, it'll be all the way around.
10: And how high will that be? Seven foot. Seven feet? Non-scalable. Compare that to what we see at the White House.
9: This is what was available. We worked through this solution midstream yesterday, and we were on the phones to get as quickly as possible, a capability in place to extend the perimeter of the national capital complex. We could get as many metropolitan police officers out into the streets so that in the event that these, if this was to recur again or downstream, uh, Chief Conti would have as much flexibility with his police force as possible, and we could take over the, the static security positions.
10: And I appreciate it may not have been your decision, and we know it certainly, the chief and the mayor said it wasn't their decision, but what can you tell us about the lack of preparation prior to yesterday on the part of the U.S. Capitol Police and, and why, in months prior, we saw troops surrounding the U.S. Capitol when other protesters were coming, but yesterday we didn't see anything. Why were there no troops or any other backup security there yesterday given what we all knew in the public domain you must have had better intelligence than we did but we all knew that this was possible if not likely Well, we
9: don't have uh, we rely on our intelligence from law enforcement and local police obviously but with respect to the pre-coordination uh, to the mayor's point those things are all being looked at there were uh, discussions previously with the capitol police and others and no request of the dc national guard were made uh obviously there's a different branch of government so we have to be requested to come onto the grounds
4: capitol police chief steve sund a former city police officer said in his first public comment since the chaos that rioters actively attacked capitol police and other law enforcement officers with metal pipes discharged chemical irritants and took up other weapons against officers now <coughs> um uh the fbi uh, they plan to arrest upwards of 15 people. They have been uh, scouring social media looking at video and photos of individuals. A number of people who also were at the protests have been fired by their companies for participating in these protests as well. Now, lawmakers from both parties have pledged to investigate law enforcement's actions and question whether a lack of preparedness allowed a mob to occupy and vandalize the building. So, so also, folks. Uh, just some other things uh, in terms of to understand. Uh, the FBI also says two devices were found at near the RNC and the DNC uh, headquarters. Uh, and they also discovered a truck uh, nearby that, that was packed with explosives and also guns and other items as well. And so clearly uh, the individuals uh, who were involved in this, they uh, were meant uh, to cause significant harm as Congress was meeting in the U.S. Capitol. The reason members are so upset, and later we're going to talk to two members, we'll be chatting with Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence uh, right here. Uh, we'll be also we'll be talking with uh, also uh, Congresswoman Johanna Hayes. The members were in the Capitol. They had to be evacuated. Uh, it was a terrifying situation uh, while uh, the Capitol was being breached. And all uh, the blame is going towards Donald Trump. Uh, let me tell you how, how, how crazy this, this fool is. He's um, his head of Homeland Security. He has rescinded his um, letter to the uh, Senate uh, to appoint him as the head of Homeland Security because his, head, his interim head chose to say that Trump should condemn the protests. Uh, The White House, different reporters are saying that Trump was filled with glee watching what took place yesterday. Uh, He has been suspended from Twitter, indefinite suspension from Facebook as well. Not allowed to post on those particular platforms. You have Democrats, numerous Democrats are calling for the invocation of the 25th Amendment. Elaine Chao, the Transportation Secretary, the wife of of Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, she has resigned her position as well. Other officials uh, in the administration have, re- have resigned. Uh, the former chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, who is the envoy to Ireland, he has resigned his position. And so all of this uh, coming out of, of the terrifying situation on yesterday that we have been talking about where these white domestic terrorists stormed the U.S. Capitol. Now what you have is you have Republicans like Mo Brooks of Alabama, who is now suggesting that Antifa was responsible for what took place. They want to shift the blame as well. Today, President-elect Joe Biden talked about what took place on yesterday when he announced his team to lead the Department of Justice. Watch.
6: Yesterday, in my view, one of the darkest days in the history of our nation. An unprecedented assault on our democracy. An assault, literally, on the Citadel of Liberty. In the United States Capitol itself. An assault on the rule of law, an assault on the most sacred of American undertakings, ratifying the will of the people and choosing the leadership of their government. All of us here grieve the loss of life, grieve the desecration of the people's house, but we What we witnessed yesterday was not dissent. It was not disorder. It was not protest. It was chaos. They weren't protesters. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic. It's that simple. And I wish we could say we couldn't see it coming. But that isn't true. We could see it coming. The past four years, we've had a president who's made his contempt for our democracy, our Constitution, the rule of law, clear in everything he has done. He unleashed an all-out assault on our institutions of our democracy from the outset. And yesterday was but the culmination of that unrelenting attack. He's attacked the free press, who dared to question his power, repeatedly calling the free press the enemy of the people. Language at the time he first used it, I and others said, has long been used by autocrats and dictators all over the world to hold on to power, the enemy of the people. Language that is being used now by autocrats and dictators across the world, only this time with the imperator of an outgoing president of the United States of America. He's attacked our intelligence services, who dared tell the American people the truth about the effort of a foreign power to elect him four years ago, choosing instead to believe the word of Vladimir Putin over the word of those who sworn their allegiance to this nation, many of whom had risked their lives in the service of this nation. He deployed the United States military, tear gassing peaceful protesters in pursuit of a photo opportunity in the service of his reelection, even holding the Bible upside down. The action that led to an apology from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and an outspoken denunciation of the use of military for domestic political purposes, from scores, scores of former military leaders and secretaries of defense, led by Secretary Cheney. He thought he could stack the courts with friendly judges who would support him no matter what. They were Trump judges, his judges. He went so far as to say he needed nine justices on the Supreme Court because because he thought the election would end up in the Supreme Court, and they would hand him the election. He was stunned, truly stunned when the judges he appointed didn't do his bidding, instead acted with integrity, following the Constitution, upholding the rule of law, not just once or twice or three times, but over 60 times. Let me say over 60 times. In more than 60 cases, in state after state after state and then at the Supreme Court's judges including people considered quote his judges Trump judges use his words looked at the allegations that Trump was making and determined they were without any merit. Nothing was judged to put this election in question or doubt by any of these judges. You want to understand the importance of democratic institutions in this country? Take a look at the judiciary in this nation. Take a look at the pressure it was just subjected to by a sitting president of the United States of America. At every level, the judiciary rose to the moment during this election, did its job, acted with complete fairness and impartiality, with complete honor and integrity, When history looks back in this moment, we've just passed through, I believe it will say our democracy survived in no small part because of the men and women who represent an independent judiciary in this nation.
4: Folks, so look at this video here. Rex Chapman posted this video here, and I want you to see it. This is a Capitol Hill police officer waving folks in. His post says, is this Disney World? is this disney world i mean like literally watch this video oh my God. Oh no. it makes no sense it makes no sense i mean that's what that's the kind of thing uh, that we have seen uh, all across the board uh, where people have so many questions that they have been asking uh let's go to our panel Reese colbert black women views erica savage wilson host of savage politics podcast dr greg card chair department of afro-american studies howard university erica uh you served in the military um the the woman who was shot and killed yesterday uh who was trying to climb through a window she was shot by security forces in the net she died she also served in the military these are people who were sworn to protect the Constitution, uphold and protect the Constitution, to, to defend this nation against all enemies, foreign and domestic. These people are the domestic enemies that that oath uh, was, ta- was talking about.
11: Yeah, and Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, yeah, I took that very same oath and took it very seriously. And We both served in the same branch, the Air Force. But this is really what we're seeing chickens coming home to roost when there's an ignoring of FBI reports, a counterterrorism report that clearly lined out the threat of white supremacists not only infiltrating law enforcement, but also the military as well. So those same types of trainings that we would go through um, one of which when we would have calls that would come, but we always had to be on standby. We would have calls and they were exercises to make sure that we were able to muster into our appointed positions within a certain period of time, going out into the field, training in different terrain, training in different weather. These are the types of people that um, committed the act of insurrection on yesterday um, combined with other civilians. So uh, when we go back to that report that I noted that was given uh, to the public back in October of 2006, When you start looking at just some of the bullet points, you don't even have to go into the report. It's about 10 pages long to include the cover page. But it clearly says that even looking at the law enforcement side of it, one of the concerns of having white supremacists infiltrate law enforcement is that law enforcement has um, understanding of access to these restricted areas. And so when you're seeing the guy that is waving in those uh, white domestic terrorists into a building where the people's business was being done. You're talking about uh, hundreds of people that are in those buildings where our business was being done that that really could have been um, much worse than what it was. Now, not to say that, you know, some of the things that will unfold later won't be much worse, but just thinking about some of the carnage that could have happened, it could have been much worse. So uh, we're really seeing some of the things that I think black folks, black media have been saying for the past uh, five, six years, even going back to, the candidacy of the son of a Klansman, that these are some of the things that we uh, should be concerned about. And uh, the fruit has uh, been bare. particularly when you look at one of the other um, persons that uh, died, 55 year old white man out of Alabama, who had weaponry, um, like the weaponry that I trained on when I was in the military.
4: Uh, I'm I'm playing video right now uh, in Reese, It's amazing watching this these are the people who are always talking about respect the police, back the blue, um, and you're seeing them trying to overpower, uh, they're overpowering these cops. Uh, they are, but but you do you notice something here, Reese? At no point, here they have knocked an officer on the ground. Okay? Knocked you see right here, uh, this one guy, gra- he's grabbing two cops. At no point does anybody pull their gun out. Right. At no point, I mean, At no point do they not carry guns? I'm looking at guns. You you Mm -hmm. cannot convince me that black people, that black people could storm a barricade, swing on the cops, and then you see how they got by and they still walking. This is, at the end of the day, they allowed white people to do things that they would never allow black people to do.
5: Absolutely. I mean, we have never seen images of white people being hosed down and gunned down. I shouldn't say never. Let me say in contemporary times, okay, in the past several decades. We haven't seen the same images and the brutality against white people that we've seen against black people doing peaceful protesting. So this is not a surprise. I think that as a society... We've said it's unacceptable to inflict that kind of violence on white people, even when they are instigating it, even when they are, you know, rioting and doing this kind of behavior. You see how they act when uh, they win the championship for their college team or their hockey team wins the championship. They out there flipping over cars, acting a damn fool. So this is how they've been trained to interact with white people. So it's not a surprise that they're doing that. So you have the fact that, number one, cops don't feel as empowered to uh, detect, you know, to, 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 to use brute force against white people. But then you have people that are aiding, abetting him as well because they're on the side of white supremacists. They're sympathetic to their cause. And then you have the fact that this was a strategic abdication. I don't want to call it a failure, because we don't know how intentional or unintentional that so-called failure is. So I call it an abdication of the responsibility of the U.S. Capitol Police, Stephen A. Sund, who was silent until today about what happened. When you see that there are reports that 20-something percent of the force was activated, you have every single Mm -hmm. member of Congress on the Hill, including the vice president-elect, And you don't activate every force, you don't activate every strategic thing, even if you didn't have Trump people. We have all, we spend all this money, we go to the airports, we take our shoes off, we have to take our laptops out, we have all these threats supposedly in this country, and yet you don't even protect a joint session of Congress with all these incredibly important people. That's a strategic abdication of responsibility. And we need to understand where those calls came from. I'm sick of hearing people talk about Muriel Bowser and what does she do, because they don't understand basic ass civics, which is that the Capitol is federal lands that has, expend the U.S. Capitol Police have exclusive jurisdiction over that. And they did not call upon the D.C. Metro Police or the D.C. National Guard until hours after this riot, this melee, this insurrection had started. So we need to get to the bottom of that. And I want to know what Trump's involvement is, because reports are, he refused to uh, authorize the DC, the National Guard and that that authorization came from Mike Pence when it should have come from Donald Trump. I want to know what kind of orders were given in advance because something in the milk ain't clean here. I've been to the Capitol. I was there the day, first day of impeachment. You have to go through multiple steps of, 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 uh, of, of, um, of security. You can't bring your headphones in. You can't bring your phone in. So for this level of catastrophic uh, breach, that that something is happening there that's a little bit more than what it seems, and we need to get to the bottom of it
4: ASAP. I agree with that, Dr. Greg Carr. Go, here go to my iPad. The uh, Union for the United States Capitol Police they are calling for the resignation of the Capitol Police Chief as well as the top leadership brass. It says the Capitol Police Officers Union is calling for leadership change at the highest level, including the chief of police of USCP, Stephen Sund, and his senior command staff to include his assistant chiefs of police. Quote, I'm incredibly proud of the individual officers whose actions protected the lives of hundreds of members of Congress and their staff. Once the breach of the Capitol building was inevitable, we prioritize lives over property, leading people to safety. Not one member of Congress or their staff was injured. Our officers did their jobs. Our leadership did not. Our law enforcement partners that assisted us were remarkable. Now, here's what's interesting. Just a few moments ago, uh, actually, I'm looking at another tweet here. Uh, it looks like a son, according to uh, MSNBC, a son uh, has announced he is going to resign his position. Smart job. Good. Uh, Good. Also, what you have here is just so, just so we, un, just so we also understand uh, what's going on here, uh, uh, Greg, to show you how police officers are in bed with Donald Trump, yes. uh, and how, in terms of how they view this whole deal, they are in bed. Check this out: the police chief of the Chicago, excuse me, the union, the president, of the Chicago Police Union, John catanzara, He literally said. He expressed sympathy with these extremists he said quote if the worst crime here is trespassing so be it okay. but to call these people treasonous is beyond ridiculous and ignorant here you have the police you the union president in chicago saying no big deal in fact let me pull the story up this quote is is is, is amazing greg but it's not shocking quote there was no arson There was no that there was no burning of anything. There was no looting. There was very little destruction of property. It was a bunch of pissed off people that feel an election was stolen somehow, some way. Now, check this out. He then said he then repeated the lying claims of Trump that the election was stolen and then admitted there was no proof. I don't have any doubt that something shady happened in this election. You're not going to convince me that, that that many people voted for Joe Biden. Never for the rest of my life will you ever convince me of that. But again, it still comes down to proof. Well, he, first of all, he's now made his Twitter account private. Uh, now, here's the other deal. 50 officers were injured. Four folks died. Mm-hmm. But he said, oh, nothing bad happened. Bomb line is this year, Greg? And I think we saw it. And I can't wait for an investigation. This is the thing that black people have been saying, that you have police departments that are are infiltrated with white supremacists, folks who are members of militias. These people have badges and guns. And what we witnessed yesterday, what we witnessed yesterday was it front and center, and they're going to have to answer some questions to what happened How did y'all allow folks just to walk on through?
2: Well, they're all going to have to answer questions, Roland. And uh, Donald Trump just gave white nationalism the biggest gift, parting gift, he could give them. Uh, This performative absolution that we're seeing right now, everybody's going to throw everybody overboard. When the police union calls for all the, the leadership of the police to resign, that should be your first clue. That this is BS. And, and, you know, let's just be very careful here because nobody black, as you said last night on the show, is surprised. We've been trying to tell you. Anytime you see Chuck Schumer, who found his voice, thanks to uh, all the Erica's homies in Georgia, who made uh, Mitch McConnell the minority leader since he couldn't deliver Maine, didn't put no money in Kentucky or Mississippi and sat back all of a sudden. Chuck Schumer's a hero. Everybody got to get fired. Everybody, everybody everybody calm down. It's very Catholic right now. You see, everybody's confessing, except there ain't going to be no priest to save you. And it ain't going to be no damn Hail Mary's to save you, because what everybody is doing now is trying to divert attention from the fact that Donald Trump is the symptom. The sickness is whiteness. And you're absolutely right, uh, Recy. There's strategic abdication going on right now. Those white people yesterday were white nationalists, and they were aided and embedded by their white nationalist friends in the police force. By the way, we all saw the brother who was chased by those white folks. he got. And you saw him kept going to his shoulder, calling for backup that never showed up. And when he got up there with those other white cops for, for a split second, he hesitated. And I'm thinking, is he trying to figure out where those cops are going to go with them or go with him? But what we see is that this has been a coordinated attack. Now, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, uh, Mr. President-elect. Every day up to 1865 was a darker day for us than anything that happened yesterday, mm-hmm. and many of the days mm-hmm. since 1865. So so all this, we're better than this, you know, whether it be you or Cory Booker talking about we brought this on ourselves, I ain't part of that we, bruh. And let me tell you mm-hmm. about the white people who are not part of that we. Those white people in Portland that you sent the police in there and beat their ass, those are called race traitors to the white nationalists. So there are white people to get beat, and you, you sent a whole hit squad to the West Coast to take out that left wing dude. So let's be very clear, heads are going to roll because the people who don't wanna be held accountable have been given, through Donald Trump, a gift wrap way to claim that they were never part of it. Every last one of them people that's saying they're gonna to try to resign from the White House, should be trapped in that building. John, empty barrel. Kelly saying, if I was there, I'd call for the 25th Amendment. Shut up! Hell no! All them, uh, mm-hmm. Kelly, or what, uh, whatever, uh, Mecca or uh, Ashley, whatever her name is, gave a two-minute press conference today. Everybody shut up. Elaine Chow, lock the door. Make her stay in there with them. Because what they're doing right now is trying to set it up to act like somehow they are the opposition in the last 10 minutes. I'll uh, end with this. This is when we have to be very, very careful very careful not to go for this okey-doke. There is now a majority in the Congress. Mm-hmm. Bowser said at that same press conference today, the D.C. statehood legislation needs to move immediately. You need to give us control of our troops. Joe, why are you making all these, oh, it's us. We're better than this. You better than that? Go tell your boy Manchin to stay in line Get this in here, you and the vice president get in there and sign every last one of them bills before it turns warm outside, and then we'll know that you're not just engaged in some form of performative absolution, but you're serious about dealing with the cause of this, white supremacy, and not the symptom, which is Donald Trump, because he just gave y'all a get-out-of-jail-free card, and everybody trying to cash it in right quick. No, hell no, I'm not buying it.
4: I want to bring in right now retired Lieutenant General Russell Honore. Glad to have you back on Robert Martin Unfiltered. General um Donald Trump, to Greg's point, said to these white supremacists, these white domestic terrorists, have free reign. I'm gonna let you do whatever you want to do. I wouldn't be shocked, uh General, that uh the folks who get arrested, he gives them pardons before he
12: leaves. Well, worse than that, Roland, uh, I think the police department at the Capitol was complicit. i, I dealt with those uh, people when I was in the Pentagon on the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and we used to provide military support to civil authorities for inauguration and major events inside the city of Washington, and that's a well-oiled machine. And what we saw yesterday, uh, the Capitol Police make decisions in coordination with the sergeant at arms in the Senate and the sergeant at arms in the House, I, I, yesterday at three o'clock, I called for all of them to be fired, and that is starting to happen. They're starting to fire them, but that was complicit. There's people inside the chain of command of that Capitol Police that allowed this to happen. Uh, I went into the Capitol, rolling as three-star general, three stars on each shoulder, in full uniform, and them ass hats took a lighter from me. You understand? They selectively applied the law and they allowed their buddies in yesterday and they destroyed a good portion of our house. And people need to go to jail. It need to be a DOJ investigation. None of this bullshit Congress investigation. And we need to hold people accountable. We need to catch all their phones, who they were with. Their rooms they went to in that Capitol, uh, I used to go in and out, I, I never know how you'd find your way to some of these rooms. So they, they they had help inside the force and you could assume about 30% of that force support the guy in the White House. That's just the demographics. And it, our system failed and, and yesterday. That,
4: and, and that point you made there again, which is the concern of black people. And that is where you have the law enforcement you have these individuals uh, who hold the same views. They're very conservative. Uh, they are uh, in opposition to Black Lives Matter, uh, in opposition to civil rights. And, and we witnessed it yesterday. But also also what, what we witnessed, uh, General, was here you had this man. Here you had Donald Trump. Here you had Rudy Giuliani. They were inciting a right. There. Look, I think you tweeted... They should. Uh, someone posted that Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, and Donald Trump Jr. should be should be arrested uh, for uh, uh, causing an insurrection.
12: Absolutely. I mean, all the lawyers in D.C., you tell me they can't figure it out. They can't figure it out because they don't want to figure it out. Okay. They're they're trying to hold on until the 20th of January, and Lord knows what this guy could do. As I said last night on a couple program. This guy still got access to the nuclear code and he's going around telling right. his followers. You remember when he told the proud boys, I'll call you forward. Stand down. He unleashed them yesterday mm-hmm. and basically sent them to go attack the building where the vice president and his family was and the entire United States government. House and Senate. He unleashed the proud boys on there and they got there and they were welcomed by the Capitol Police. Having them some bitches ought to be fired.
4: The, the woman who uh, was shot and killed uh, I, I do want to speak, because this is also uh, an issue here. Um, her name is Ashley Babbitt. Um, she Now the, now here's what's interesting. the U.S. Capitol Police officer who shot and killed her has been placed on administrative leave. But we showed the video, and, and they've actually posted. The, uh, the video, you actually see what took place. Uh, the reason uh, I'm not going to uh, show it, we got basically the YouTube algorithm. We had about 16,000 people on yesterday. They kicked us off. Uh, and so I don't want to um, uh, you know, you know, knock, knock us offline again. Uh, we got 10,000 who are on right now. I don't want to do that. But they were, it, was, it was barricaded. She jumps up and she's trying to climb through the window and the officer fires a shot, shoots her in the neck. Uh, she dies. But if you look at a lot of her crazy videos, she served in the military and she's ranting and yelling, going off how this country has been stolen. And that's also part of the deal. There are members of the military who, uh, who were there yesterday with these Trump people as well.
12: Yep. You, uh, you know, you got a volunteer army and uh, we, as hard as we try as an institution in the military, uh, in diversity and inclusion, and we're going to have our first African-American Secretary of Defense, uh, among us are people who think more like the demonstrators that were there yesterday. And in their mind, they've got some, this idea that the election was stolen. What they really uh, are P.O.'d about is that now the Democrats own the White House, they own the Senate, and they own the House. And they are are worried that they will lose their white power. They're worried about losing majority rule in the next 30 to 40 years because America is changing. And that is what I believe a lot of the believers I talk to uh, that's the code they talk in, Roland. They don't like the browning of America.
4: Um, uh, G- General, the from your perspective, what's next? Because here's what I keep saying. These white domestic terrorists, they're not going anywhere. These people are going to cause more mayhem. Uh, there's going to have to be a lot more vigilance uh, there's going to have to be, um, um, you know, a lot more focus. Uh, and, and, and this is where and here's the here's the other deal. I mean, you still have not had a major news conference from the FBI. You have not. This is this is why Donald Trump is so dangerous. He is literally preventing the federal government from investigating what they sh- how they should be doing this year. You cannot convince me under any other president. That if there was an insurrection on the day the Congress was in session, the House and the Senate, you would not have someone coming out, talking to the American people, giving an update. They found two explosive devices near the Democratic National Committee and the Republican National Committee. There was one guy who was arrested with 11 Molotov cocktails. These people were hell bent on overthrowing the government yesterday.
12: Roller, uh, there's an old preacher, country preacher down where I, I come from in Lake Louisiana. Used to talk about when bad things happen. Uh, how do we take this disaster and use it to learn from and to expose what happened yesterday in the full view of the world and America, with the use of the internet and these phones. It, it took the sheet off a bunch of people uh, proclaiming themselves to be conservative and what they are, are racist. It took the sheet off. And in a way it happened, I wish it hadn't happened, but the fact that the way it was documented and it was focused on the people's house with the Senate and the House in session, we probably will extend the life of our democracy another 100 years because of yesterday, because it exposed the BS that's been going on at Mar-a-Lago and all these other places these folks go off and do their planning, that racism is driving the political future of this country, and we have an opportunity now with all three branches of government to do something about it.
4: Well, I believe you're absolutely right. Um, And people have asked me this, uh, General. People have said, Roland, when you saw yesterday, what was your initial response? And I was honest, General. I smiled. And I said, good. Because I needed white folks in America to see white folks in America doing what white folks in America have done since the inception of this country they can't sit here and say it was the blacks can't say oh it was it was the browns no 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 they had they had to be forced to see it and all of these republicans who have stood with these people who have explained them away who have supported them who have taken photos with them they now have to now answer which side are you on Which side are you now on? And so there's no separating here. There's no separating whatsoever. They're going to have to answer that. And that, that, to the point that you just made, I said the same thing. We always knew it. Black folks, we always knew it. But white America had to see the hatred for themselves. And now they got to decide who you going to roll with, them or us.
12: Yeah, and they keep have used this. They stole the election. What they're worried about is losing majority, Roland. They saw what happened in Georgia, uh, what happened in Pennsylvania and other places when people got out to vote and they were organized. And now we've got an opportunity just to change the direction a little bit because this is a work in progress, but there is so much evil that has happened in the last six months, and we're doing it in the middle of a pandemic. Now, it's routine now to lose 4,000 people a day. We got to get back on that story. And yesterday was a big spreader event. They're all going back to their towns now and, and taking even more COVID back. And we got to get past the inauguration. And my guide, my recommendation to Secretary uh to, to some of the people on the uh, President Biden staff is let's get done with this uh inauguration. Uh this is a big focus on donors and balls to hell with all that. Uh make sure you got your acting Secretary of Defense walking in the Pentagon at one o'clock. Your acting Homeland Security, your acting DOJ, and you're acting FEMA. All those people need to walk in those buildings and take command as soon as the inauguration is over with. So we got control of the government. And all those Trump people need to leave. I agree 100%. 100%, 100%, 100%. Don't wait overnight. I'm sorry.
4: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I agree, sir. Retired Lieutenant General Russell, honorary. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Bless you. Yes, sir. I want to bring in now uh, my next guest uh, is uh, an expert uh, on this, this whole issue of terrorism. Uh, he is the director of the Safe Community Institute, University of Southern California, Dr. Errol uh, Southers. Doc, how are you doing?
13: I'm doing great, Roland. How are you doing, Fred? Uh,
4: g- glad to see you, my alpha brother. Uh, Greg Carr is with us as well, a fellow alpha. Here's the, whole, here's the deal real simple here, Doc, and that is this here. This is white domestic terrorism. These are not protesters. This is not a mob. These are not people who are pissed off. These are people who are disappointed. These are terrorists and they should be treated like terrorists. If these if this was 10,000 Muslims, you would have a completely different perspective on media, on Fox News, on radio and in Congress.
13: Roland, you're absolutely correct. So let's just go to the heart of this. What a privilege it is to stand outside of the Capitol. What a privilege it is to scale the walls. What a privilege it is to break windows, to occupy the halls of Congress, to take over offices. You know, people always want to push back when you try to explain white privilege. And when they see this, they just totally ignore it. This incident yesterday was reminiscent of Charlottesville on steroids on a number of accounts. But to your point, this is terrorism. And I push back against those people who say we need another statute for domestic terrorism. No, we don't. We have over 50 different elements of the United States Code, Title 18, that you can charge someone with terrorism today. We choose not to do it. You are absolutely correct. Yesterday's terrorists have been ethnic or religious minorities, the response and the preparation would have been different. I'll push even further. The response to protecting the Lincoln Memorial when Black Lives Matter was there this summer was demonstrably different than what you saw yesterday. So we can get into it, but there are a lot of failures that took place in Charlottesville that also took place yesterday. And there's no excuse for it because the intelligence that was out there and available was ignored by law enforcement And to the point of your previous guests, we had a report, and as you know, I'm a former FBI agent, 15 years ago, the FBI produced a report that was heavily redacted that documented the infiltration of law enforcement by white supremacists and white nationalists, and nobody wanted to see it. And what they did let them see was very, very little. We haven't left that issue yet, and it's even worse.
4: The next step, there's going to have to be, and and I think back to COINTELPRO, um, but Congress is going to have to deal with a massive amount of surveillance of these people. The problem here, Doc, is that I believe that these people are aided by Republican political leaders. So we're dealing with, I mean, this is really... You know, this the FBI said that the biggest problem facing America, the biggest threat is gonna be this white domestic terrorism. We have to understand this is white domestic terrorism that is united with white with Republican political leaders, that's united with police officers, and it comes down to who the hell do we trust?
13: Great point. So, and to your point about COINTELPRO, let's face it, you know, when the FBI investigated civil rights issues. It wasn't because they wanted to, it was because they had to. So, what you're seeing now is an FBI that, of course, has been demonized by this current administration called the deep state. However, they do have the resources, and I do believe they have the political will to do the right thing. I'm disappointed that here we are again dealing with black identity extremism. And by the way, I testified in front of the Congressional Black Caucus a year and a half ago pushing back against that. Director Ray withdrew it and says, we're not going to do that. Now I'm looking at a document two weeks ago that says essentially the same thing without the title. So you're absolutely correct. We've got some work to do. But I will say this, that the infrastructure is there. The thwarted plots to kidnap the Michigan governor and the governor of Virginia were done because the FBI can do what they need to do. There has to be a purge of Some individuals or groups in law enforcement, we all know that, there has to be some cleansing with regards to perhaps the Congress. But more importantly, I do believe we have the infrastructure. What it's going to take is the will. And I think you're absolutely correct. Let's face it, when the Obama administration was in power, there were 14 different consent decrees for police departments in this country. In the four years of this administration, there were zero. You don't have to be a research data analyst to understand what's going on there. So we're going to have to have a Department of Justice with the right attorney general to enforce the law, and we're going to have to take a hard look. We've got the technology. We've got the personnel. It's a matter of political will.
4: Dr. Errol Sethers, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so very much for joining us.
13: My pleasure, my brother.
4: Yes, sir. Erica, here's the deal here. This is very simple. Will this government be willing to go after white people like they historically have gone after black people? That's, that's the real issue here. The, the, the President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, they are going to have to make it perfectly clear to the country that there's going to be zero tolerance and they are going to go after every single one of these white domestic terrorist thugs who stormed the U.S. Capitol?
11: The answer, in my view, is no. Uh, That's largely going to lay now at the feet of the uh, attorney general that will be incoming, the one that um, President-elect Biden has nominated and put forth, Merrick Garland. Um, The people that I really have some level of confidence in are those uh, women who have been working within civil rights and civil rights lawyers for quite some time, um, and that's the assistant, uh, who is Kristen Clark, a friend of the show, someone that you know well, and also Benita Gupta, also a friend of the show, um, uh, someone else that you know very well. Um, outside of that, that civil rights decision, uh, division that will be forming up with the Department of Justice, which um, unfortunately on yesterday uh, was subject to a hack, uh, which is, uh, you know, really— Uh, No, Not a coincidence, uh, looking at who this uh, person is that's uh, currently in office, um, that there's going to be a lot of cleaning up to do. But I just don't have the faith uh, that, uh, number one, that there'll be any level of accountability. There will probably be some people that will... Um, you know, be put b- before the public square, so to speak, um, for accountability, but not at the length that we've seen people who have been prosecuted um, and thrown into unmarked vans, question um, who were real protesters that were pros- uh, protesting injustices, the people, Black folks that were are dying at the hands of state uh, taxpayer uh, funded servants. So to go back to uh, your question, again, I do not have any faith in that. But I think that's where an engaged citizenry comes into effect, that, you know, even with everything that we are facing, um, the general talked about, um, you know, we have uh, Uh, 44,000. Actually, actually, Erica, Erica,
4: er, 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 Erica. Erica, I got to interrupt you real quick here I got three members of Congress who who are on the line right now Congressman Tim Ryan of Ohio Congresswoman Johanna Hayes of Connecticut congresswoman Brenda Lawrence of Michigan uh, congresswoman uh, congressman Ryan you're with one of the committees that you have been you've been talking about this oversight investigating Capitol Police the Capitol Police chief has resigned the union is calling for his top brass to resign as well we're seeing videos where literally Capitol Hill police officers were waving uh, protesters in, taking selfies. Do you as a member of Congress, uh, Congressman Ryan, have any faith whatsoever in Capitol Police right now protecting the people's house?
3: There, there's a, a big gap in the, uh, the trust level right now, and it's something that we've got to fix and we've got to fix immediately. We have the, uh, the vast majority of the rank and file uh, guys uh, did a good job yesterday, but they were set up for failure. I mean, we did not have the backup. They did not have the personnel needed. We did not have the national guard teed up, ready to go. This was a failure in leadership, not necessarily a failure for the vast majority. I saw the same videos. Everyone else did taking selfies and all the rest. Uh, and, and believe me, we're going to be looking into that as well. But the reality is this was a failure from the top down. Uh, A complete abdication of their responsibility to protect us, members of Congress, our staff, and most importantly, the process of electing our president.
4: Congresswoman Hayes, give us a sense of what it was like to be in the House yesterday uh, while this was going on and when y'all got the order to evacuate.
14: I was in my office and I had my son with me and I kept telling him that everything was fine. He could clearly hear the crowds outside. His friends were texting him images of what was going on and he was afraid. And I was afraid because I didn't have an answer for him. And we kept getting updates that, you know, to move to an internal location um, that suspicious uh, packages had been discovered and, It was scary. I mean, on this campus, I don't really think about my safety because I feel like the police keep us safe. I've traveled with them. They do a tremendous job. And yesterday they were under resourced. And I'm sorry if I'm distracted, but there's just a story just came across that a Capitol police officer died following one of the protests. Yes. Following the activities yesterday. So this is crazy. This is the United Mm -hmm. States Capitol. This should not be happening here.
4: Um, Congresswoman Lawrence, the when we talk about what took place yesterday, y'all have really had to ha, deal with that uh, in Michigan, uh, where these uh, folks stormed the Michigan State House, uh, And then they, they, of course, the undercover, they, they discovered the plot to kidnap uh, the governor of Michigan. Uh, we've seen and Donald Trump called for these folks to essentially do these things in Michigan. What is shameful here, Congress, Congresswoman Lawrence, is you literally have people like Donald Trump and Rudy Giuliani, Congresswoman, Congressman Louis Gomer, saying, endorsing these folks committing acts of violence against the United States.
8: So yesterday I was on the floor when they came in to evacuate us, told us to get on the floor and get behind the seats on the floor to pull out the gas mask. Then they we heard they said they have they have breached the Capitol and they're on their way over here. And we saw that, you know, we're we're sitting there trying to figure out how to put a gas mask on. And they had taken Nancy Nancy was on the floor. And this is why Nancy has asked for the resignation for the um, for the um, the person who's in charge of the floor. And also, the uh, chief of police, and we went from, we went from trying to hide on the floor to them calling us and telling us to run and to go to another place. So it was over fifty members, Republicans included, on the floor, and it was it was really unbelievable. And now we have the opportunity finally, for some of these people to wake up, because I can tell you repeatedly, my Republican constituents and, and people I touch, oh, Brenda, don't get so upset about what he says. That's just Trump. Don't worry about it. He's just talking. But the reality is, is that his words, because he's speaking from the highest seat of power in America, they made a difference. And yesterday, the entire country was slapped in the face, with the reality of Donald Trump's impact on America. Because those thugs and mobs came in to stop our democracy. And that's something that's lost on a lot of people. Yes, they were mobs, they were looting, they were vandalous, and they were violent, but they were there to stop democracy. And they were looking for us to make sure that we did not certify the election. And, you know, we had been through all that for me, for me to have to put on a gas mask and and look and try to hide behind a chair to Nancy Pelosi saying they will not stop us. We are going to the floor and we were voting till four o'clock in the morning to certify those votes.
4: This is the thing, Congressman Ryan, I'm going to read this tweet here. This is, one, this is one of these folks. The protests today were peaceful for the most part. There were some people that breached the Capitol, but other than that, minimal skirmishes. I am proud to be a deplorable. We can take our house anytime we want without violence. I mean, w- 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 and what you're dealing with here, Congressman Ryan, that to the point that Congresswoman Lawrence just made, is that when people kept saying, and especially, and I'm just going to be as clear as possible, these sorry-ass people in mainstream media. Oh, it's Trump. Kathleen Parker writes a column. Hey, it's not going to be that bad. Things like those. Maureen Dowd. All these people. They acted like this was a damn game. And I told folks I was on ABC News, Congressman, uh, four five years ago. I was on five years ago and I literally said this was going to happen. And all of these people wanted to play footsie with him. In fact, I'm gonna play this sound bite for y'all because again, this is February 21st, 2016. They invited evil in and now evil is taking over. OK, 2009, the night of Obama's inauguration, we will stop him at every turn. They love the Tea Party anger. They took advantage of it in 10 and 12 and 14. They always said we can control it. We can harness it. Now, all of a sudden, Trump is taking advantage of it. He led the whole birthday deal. The Republican establishment at some point has to say, you know what? We played with fire and now it's about to consume us. They have to
5: accept well, the some blame. The establishment of this- never played with fire.
4: And you heard Sarah sit there, Congressman Ryan, say Republican establishment never played with fire. Yes, they did.
3: No, they most certainly did. And I I tell you what we saw in the last few days, uh, which I know my colleagues uh, witnessed too with with great interest, is all of the members after this happened, all of the members who said, we we condemn the violence, we condemn the violence. And they they were giving these beautiful statesman-like speeches. Ben Sass and, and McCarthy and these guys. But the reality of it is they emboldened him. They threw gasoline on this fire for all of these four years. They looked the other way. They accepted what he did. They backed him up, even McCarthy down to the end uh, with the vote count. They continued to perpetuate this fraud. And then Ben Sass yesterday, I was listening to him, uh, and, and he's going on and on about how rise above and all this. He was kissing Trump's ass because he was afraid Trump was going to get involved in his primary two years ago and beat him in a primary, and he was afraid of that, so he kissed Trump's rear end. And then uh, after you know, he got through his reelection and he got back in the Senate for six years, now he wants to be a statesman. I've got no interest in that. I'm not impressed at all, and, and the reality of it is that's what these guys have done. And that's what they continue to do. And one last thing uh, here as we're talking about this, I'm not impressed with all these Ivy League guys over in in the Senate, Howley and Cruz and and, and these guys who have some of the best degrees, most educated people in the country uh, from the best institutions that we have, and they weaponize that education and their understanding of the law to try to manipulate average people like this is actually a fraud, like we actually believe what they're saying. And they try to use that. I think they're a bunch of phonies. I think we have to call it out. We've got to be very candid. If we're going to heal this country, uh, we've got to be candid and we've got to pull the, the, the weeds out by the root and make sure we're really going to heal this time and not just put a Band-Aid on something.
4: Uh, Congressman Tim Ryan, I surely appreciate it, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. Congresswoman Johanna Hayes, I'm showing video right now. These people were live streaming video sitting at the conference table in the offices of members. They ransacked offices. They were sitting here going through the mail of Speaker uh, Nancy Pelosi, taking pictures with their feet propped up on her desk. One of these individuals was caught carrying out a podium that said House Speaker on it. I mean, the, which, what we saw was sheer thuggery. Uh, and yeah. and, and, then, and now we're seeing the police, the police union president in Chicago say, "Well, not much was done. Nothing really significant happened. These people were simply frustrated to listen to Republicans. Make excuses for these people. Now you have one of your colleagues, Mo Brooks of Alabama, who is absolutely nuts himself, saying, well, no, these were not Trump people. These, this is, was Antifa. Now, and now, now you have Lindsey Graham who wants to say, well, if Democrats, if you want to condemn these people, then you must condemn Black Lives Matter protesters. Give me a break.
14: What happened here yesterday is unjustifiable. It doesn't matter who it was. First of all, we know who was here yesterday. We know, you know, the Proud Boys, their leader had been arrested. The president called a coordinated effort, asked people to meet him in D.C. on January 6th, gave them a directive in the morning to walk up to the Capitol and make their voices heard. But let's be clear, we're not just talking about an office building here. This is the center of our institution of government, This is where the people's business happens. So breaching this means so much more. Coming here and and desecrating, denigrating the Capitol, making this place unsafe to do business has much greater implications. People have a right to protest, and we've seen that over and over where people are elevating their voices. But for my colleagues then to come back and then continue to object to the Electoral College, to try to... justify or place blame or figure out who it was. It doesn't matter who was on this hill yesterday. The violence that happened here is inexcusable, was incited by the president, was emboldened by the president and has not been denounced by the president. Hard stop. So anything that they're trying to do to justify it, to explain it away, they too should be held accountable for that.
4: Congresswoman Johanna Hayes of Connecticut, we certainly appreciate it, thank you so very much. Uh, Last, uh, uh, for you, thank you very much. Last, and glad that you're safe, Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence. Um, We have seen folks call for the invocation of the 25th Amendment. Uh, I just got a text that said uh, Vice President Mike Pence, his staffers have uh, made it clear he does not believe in that. I really believe that Congress should move, the House should move to impeach Donald Trump immediately Force the United States Senate to take a vote, and if to force Republicans to be on the record, because this man is dangerous. We do not know the hell that this man may unleash over the next 13 days. He is unstable. He is crazy. He is demented. He is out of his mind, and Lord knows what he will do to the United States over the next 13 days. I don't care about him being banned on Twitter and Facebook. This man still has control of the nuclear codes. Yes. He watched with glee what happened yesterday. He called on these people to march to the Capitol. He gave the order. He gave the order and they followed it. And I think you force these Republicans to vote. And the other point is this, if Republicans have the courage to vote in order to remove him, to actually impeach him, he would be barred from running for office again.
8: I absolutely 100% amen. You're preaching right now to the choir. I have put out a statement that we, and Nancy Pelosi, who drug her feet to impeach Donald Trump, has, she is so, she is so infuriated by what happened. Because this was like a slap in the face. Everyone who tried to ignore him, say just, You know, he goes low, we go high, that crap. This man is dangerous. And we, I truly support the 25th Amendment. I saw (laughs) Pence moving and making statements. Because, you know, the other thing that a lot of people don't realize, Pence was in the Capitol. Nancy Pelosi was in the Capitol. So the second and third two in line to the president were in danger. And Pence was very angry yesterday, because you know what? his line his, his life was on the line. but we saw that so many people now have had to come out with these fake statements to report but well, we denounce what happened. But the, the reality is you didn't do it soon enough. It's exactly what you said, Roland. year after year, day after day, week after week, we have been saying. This man is destroying our democracy. He riled those people, incited a riot, then got his, in his armor protected car and rolled back to the, to the White House and turned on the TV, and I'm sure enjoyed it. And did you, you know, the thing that infuriated me during his tenure this thing about the flag. Did you see that mob take down the United States flag, take it down, and hoist the Trump flag? Now, how—and he called them patriot. I mean, that's a big deal to them. And here he is. Everything that he claims he's for has been contradicted, and all of these Republicans sticking their head in the sand, and I could say somewhere else, ignoring what the reality is. This is not a joke. I was sitting there in that, in that room hearing these people banging on the door, trying to get in the chambers, wondering if my life was going to end. Nancy was right. We were not going to let them stop. We certified the vote. If if nothing else happened, we will get rid of him on the 20th. But I believe that 13 days is too long. It's too much he can do. And the man is sick. I don't want to, you know, they say don't speak ill of the dead. I'm not going to say he's crazy, but he is sick. He needs to be taken out of office. All that power taken away from him. Let him sit in his little Oval Office if he wants to, but take his powers away, because our country, we're in danger.
4: You're absolutely right. Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence of Michigan, we certainly appreciate it. Thank you so very much. and Oh, Roland, I just want to say
8: thank you. I didn't get a chance to say thank you for everything you did in Detroit to bring out the vote. You were part of the team of success, and that's why we flipped Michigan. Thank you.
4: I appreciate it. Thank you so very much. Let's go back to my panel here, Uh, Reese Colbert, Erica Savage-Wilson and Greg Carr. Greg, um, I want to go to you. The point that the Congresswoman made, and it it wasn't lost. I saw that video yesterday and we're playing it right now. I, I think back to all of the trash talking Trump and all these folks had to say about Colin Kaepernick and for them to literally take down a U.S. flag and to hoist a Trump flag that said exactly who these people have an allegiance to.
2: Roland, this is all theater. And I can't stress this enough. What Tim Ryan said basically is probably all that needs to be said. People can argue about the flags, they can argue about the, 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 the scenes that we've seen, but the simple fact of the matter remains that uh, 14 United States senators and most of the House of Representatives on the White Nationalist Party side to overthrow the election if they could. So the people who stormed the Capitol make easy targets. The, the, the real targets are the people inside. Josh Harley, as we heard Ryan say, Ted Cruz, uh, who uh, are going to be involved in the... What we saw in those speeches yesterday was the first speeches of the 2024 presidential uh, nomination contest on the Republican side. Uh, chinless Tom Cotton counted up did figured the odds and decided to keep his powder to try on the other side but chinless Josh Harley and chinless Ted Cruz decided to throw their lot in with because the, they're fighting over the trump supporters understand so uh coach tuberville all those folks they decided that they, they're angling to become the Trump of 2024 because there's going to be a 2024 Trump whether it's Donald Trump or better Donald Trump which means smoother Donald Trump now, after what happened, you had a few of them who really don't have a political future, like the uh, close to billionaire uh, Kelly Leffler, who was retired by Eric and them down there where you are right now. You know, in the words of Mob Deep, uh, they ain't no such thing as halfway crooks, scared to death, scared to look. you shook. So what happened is she backed up. Back you ain't a crook, son. <laughs> You're just a shook one. So, so she stood up and said, I'm out. <laughs> but Josh Harley doubled down. And if you saw Connor Lamb, because we all stayed up to 4 o'clock in the morning watching uh, Congressman, Congresswoman Lawrence and them, if you saw Connor Lamb, they damn near came to throw hands in the, in the middle of the night because those white nationalists are not only not going to back up, Ryan nailed it. They are going to be emboldened. Finally, this is a moment when they are going to try to use this to say, we all condemn it. Mitch McConnell on the right side, Lindsey Graham on the right side. And if they can get past this moment in 2022, Ron Johnson is saying, I don't know whether I'm going to run in Wisconsin, Pat Toomey trying to, you know, well, I'm out. So the Republicans are going to try to act like they are not responsible for those people that stormed. Mm -hmm. And they're going to say everything the Democrats are saying, which is why Ryan is saying, do not let them escape. And which is why the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, the cabinet, I'm with Erica, Merrick Garland, come on, man. Merrick Garland cut his eye teeth if you read any of his opinions, when so he's on the DC circuit. If you read those opinions, you'll find he's very friendly to law enforcement. But I trust Clarston Clark. That's right, Erica. I trust Benita mm-hmm. Gupta. That's right, Erica. So therefore, while Garland is making nice, because this is what Joe Biden is doing, you we got... I should I should say, I say it's going in, but I'll say one more thing. Linda Sarsour <laughs> said this the other night. Politicians aren't your friends. Come on. So we now have our best opponents in the White House. Now we can be friendly, but y'all ain't going. We ain't going to make this about flags and we're better than this and we gotta stop. No, uh-uh. Okay, that's very nice. Now, set that aside. We want every last one of these policy things to go forward, or we're gonna break your back like we did to open white nationalists. That's it. We can't... uh no, don't get caught up in the in, in, in the theater. Please don't get caught up in the theater.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Recy, uh as uh, we, we, uh, we've heard, as Johanna Hayes has said, a U.S. Capitol Police officer has died following this riot. Also, when mm-hmm. you talk about uh, how folks uh, are responding, Simon and Schuster... Uh, they have announced that they will not, uh, they have canceled a book to be published by, uh, by Missouri Senator Josh Hawley. Josh His book was supposed to be called The Tyranny of Big Tech. Uh, not going to get published by them. He, here's the thing that I think also is really important in terms of where we stand. You have to make these people pay. You have mm-hmm. to make them pay at every turn. You have to deny them of everything. That is the only way you are to deal with these people. They must lose everything.
5: Yet, yeah, they won't. <laughs> there'll be a temporary setback step step back for somebody like Josh Hawley. But, you know, they have new media popping up. They have uh, the OAN network. They have, you know, these, these massive other networks. And in some ways, it almost makes them a martyr you know, when there is a mainstream backlash to that. So I completely agree with you that there needs to be consequences. And to some degree, we did show that there were some consequences down there in Georgia with uh, the wins of Ossoff and Warnock, which was, you know, historic, wonderful wins that were temporarily, uh, you know, we had very temporary celebrations for that. But the reality is that this country just does not have the stomach for accountability for white supremacists. I mean, we just don't. Mm -hmm. And you know, um, Erica sent me a, you know a, a tweet about the fact that Trump is going to release a statement. This, well, this is all about now is you have some of these records resignations, which, to be clear, are about safety and physical self-preservation. I don't think it's simply about image rehabilitation, because as uh, Congressman Lawrence said, that American flag came down and that Trump flag went up, and they understand that these people will. They don't have any protection from Trump, because Trump is one man for himself, and he is quick to ban Mark Short. I heard that he had banned Mike Pence from the White House. There's not enough fealty that you can show to Trump to satisfy these Trump people. And all those people in that Congress, whether you are a Democrat or whether you're a Republican, were equally as vulnerable from those Trump insurrectionists. And so they're trying to get the hell out of Dodge. Because they don't know what Trump is going to do, and they don't know what these folks are going to do. But what Trump's strategy is, and what's always the strategy from the media, which shockingly a majority of them are saying insurrection and riot and this, that, and the other, and Democrats for once are on the right page of calling it what it is instead of beating around the bush, for the most part. What Trump's strategy is, is he's going to present a more conciliatory approach so that now the Biden— And, you know, I'm, you know, I'm team Kamala, but let's be honest, Biden and the Merrick Garland will say, well, let's move on. We have to heal. And he's moving on and and all these other things. And so it's just pre it's 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 offense to say that this is water under the bridge, what happened was an abomination, we're gonna move forward as a country together, and that way you try to avoid some of these investigations. And this, because right now, it would be open season on Trump and his administration. So that's what Trump is doing right now. It's nothing but self-preservation, and the media is going to fall for it because there's nothing Mm -hmm. more that our media loves than to rehabilitate the image of any of these Trump people of the Republican Party and of white supremacists.
4: Yeah. That's right.
2: Yep.
4: Yep. Yep. So yep. so just a few moments ago, <laughs> uh, this idiot Trump, uh, once his uh, ban on Twitter was unblocked, uh, this fool uh, dropped this. Hmm, I wonder if this has anything to do with the 25th Amendment. Uh, normally, I don't play uh, his videos, but uh, at a moment like this, when you realize how evil this man is, it's important to listen... Uh, to the words. We're going to come back and uh, break this down. But listen to this, frankly. Let me just set it up. Listen to the Trump bullshit.
0: (laughs) I'd like to begin by addressing the heinous attack on the United States Capitol. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. I immediately deployed the National Guard and federal law enforcement to secure the building and expel the intruders. America is and must always be a nation of law and order. The demonstrators who infiltrated the Capitol have defiled the seat of American democracy. To those who engaged in the acts of violence and destruction, you do not represent our country. And to those who broke the law, you will pay. We have just been through an intense election, and emotions are high. But now, tempers must be cooled and calm restored. We must get on with the business of America. My campaign vigorously pursued every legal avenue to contest the election results. My only goal was to ensure the integrity of the vote. In so doing, I was fighting to defend American democracy. I continue to strongly believe that we must reform our election laws to verify the identity and eligibility of all voters, and to ensure faith and confidence in all future elections. Now Congress has certified the results. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th. My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. 2020 has been a challenging time for our people. A menacing pandemic has upended the lives of our citizens, isolated millions in their homes, damaged our economy, and claimed countless lives. Defeating this pandemic and rebuilding the greatest economy on Earth will require all of us working together. It will require a renewed emphasis on the civic values of patriotism, faith, charity, community, and family. We must revitalize the sacred bonds of love and loyalty that bind us together as one national family. To the citizens of our country, serving as your president has been the honor of my lifetime. And to all of my wonderful supporters, I know you are disappointed, but I also want you to know that our incredible journey is only just beginning. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.
4: Anybody want to comment on that trash?
11: The
2: yeah, lies you tell. <laughs> no, but, but, but that was excellent. In fact, you know what? I'll just say this very quickly. Reese, you're right. The impulse will be to talk about healing, to talk about, let's be very, very clear. Until that moment you showed that, Roland, I was kind of ambivalent about the idea of impeachment. And. Like we say, politicians aren't our friends. I like Ilhan Omar saying I'm drawing up and then she drew up the articles of impeachment. She's got some uh, signatures. Here's why you here's why I now come down on impeach him. Because he's basically would be impeached for the same thing that he was impeached for the first time. Except now, Mr. Ben Sass, you look, you know, like I said, Ryan nailed it. This time, impeach him quickly, put it in the Senate, make those white nationalists. Uh, stand up and remove him, and add this: ban him, bar him from ever running for public office. Because what we just saw, to Reese's point, is this man trying to set himself up so he might run again in 2024. Now I come down on the side of impeachment. I'm with Omar and them. Now you got to do it. You got to get it to the Senate, and let's see in this moment if you can get him removed. Because that's what he just set up. Point it, man. I'm glad to see that.
4: Yeah. And the see, 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 this, see, here's, like, here's <laughs> the deal, Erica. See, see, see Erica. See, see, Erica, here's the deal. All right, you move on it. What you going to do, Susan Collins? What you going to do, Murkowski? What you going to do, Romney? What you going to do, Saz? That. That's four votes right who's there. That? That, that. that gets it done.
11: Roland, you already know what they're going to do. They're going to be deeply disturbed. Um, This is really kind of the sycophantic behavior and that kind of language that we've continued to hear um, from these folks all of these years. But to Reese's point about the whole rehabilitation piece and that the mainstream media is going to roll out really the platform in uh, order for this to be done. This is where, again, an engaged citizenry is going to call for people to have long political memories. You know, all of us here have been watching politics and paying attention to politics and engaged in politics for longer than 2016, and and so has the RMU audience. But it's really going to be about not forgetting and bringing back up for people, refreshing the feed um, as Reese does with those palate cleansers on Twitter from time to time. Bringing back up to people to let them know when well, you see a Ben Sass is going to inevitably write another book and you know make himself like you know kind of this fifties, 1950s dad where you know gosh darn it. I just don't even know why, you know, he did what he did to remember that he is one when you pull up his record, has voted with the son of a Klansman 90 percent of the time that he has been in lockstep with him. When you think about um, uh, Harrison Mitch McConnell, um, that he is one that definitely said back in December of 2019, before this went to the Senate for a vote for his impeachment, for him to be um, for him to be um, out of office, that Mitch McConnell went on Fox News December 12th and said on Sean Hannity's show, listen, we are in lockstep with the White House. We are talking with White House counsel and whatever it is that needs to be done to preserve the presidency, the illegal presidency of this person in his regime, we are going to, in effect, make sure they do it. whatever the House does. They impeached it. So what? We have the power. We're going to make sure that he's acquitted. And that's exactly what the Senate did. Senate Republicans, excuse me, did. So remember these people, you know, you have Paul Ryan's communications person that's going on talking about doing his media rounds about how deeply disturbed he is. When Paul Ryan and that whole gang, the Iran gang, was in on this whole Donald Trump um Mm-hmm. Um, a melee that we're all experiencing now. So you, everybody, mm-hmm. you have to remember this time. Remember these players. Remember the people that helped to form what we see right now. And it goes um, beyond 2016. It's before 2016. And everything that we're seeing right now is not going to uh, come to fruition in two years. We're going to see this happen in rapid fashion, like within this year and the next few months.
4: hmm um, Recy, uh, I'm clear, I don't trust any of these damn Republicans at all. I trust none of them. If there is a Republican who stood with Donald Trump knowing all of his craziness, I do not trust any of them on this.
5: Listen, I know what he was going to say even before he's going to say it. Because Donald Trump, one thing he is good at politically is he understands his audience. And his audience in that video was the mainstream media, the pundit class, the Republicans, the Mitt Romneys, um, and uh, even to a certain extent, Chuck Schumer. Um, like I said, Joe Biden, Merrick mm-hmm. Garland. Like I said, it's no shade because, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. I'm not going to go in on Joe because that's, that's, that's my guy now because, you know, Kamala's my girl. But let's be honest, that bought him the time that he needed. And all that these folks need is an excuse to move the hell on. The news cycle moves on. They're gonna make a couple mm-hmm. of symbolic arrests. They've arrested a whopping fifteen people, okay. <laughs> and they're gonna they're gonna p- get people to put us on this cat and mouse chase. Oh, follow, identify the white supremacists, and they're gonna keep us distracted a little bit. And they're gonna move the hell on. Mm-hmm. That video bought him time. That video was for his base. And that video was to pre-rehabilitate his image and to remove the cover because it's very easy to remove the political will from people to really go balls to the walls against Donald Trump and say, leave it alone. Let's not investigate. Let's not do all this stuff. He's going to pull some more crazy shit before he leaves because he still has to pardon himself. Okay, so he's going to do that. But what it's just trying to do is it's trying to assuage people's concerns. Now the Republicans that are on their high horse, they're going to back off a little bit. And the Democrats are going to waver a little bit. They're not in Congress anyway. So they're drawing up articles of impeachment. You still need Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, well, Mitch McConnell technically, to call him back to Congress. That's probably not going to happen particularly mm-hmm. after that video. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't make any excuses for it, but we know what kind of society that we're living in. We're living in a society that's gotten us to this point because white supremacy has always been enabled and when you put a nicer face on it, Josh Holly, Ben Sass, and now Trump playing nice for now. Everybody is very enthusiastic about moving on. So I think we'll give it a day, maybe two. And like I said, this cat and mouse chase and some other topic will come up and the news cycle will change. And our and our country, be to be honest, has a very short attention span. I know, like Erica said, we need to have a long memory, but we don't. We're the same country that's fighting vaccines. We can't even get this goddamn COVID pandemic under control. He got 74 million votes. It was still close in Georgia, which it was, I mean, it was a miraculous win, don't get me wrong. We don't have the people in this country to really make them pay the way that they need to. So I hate to be Debbie Downer on the situation, but let's just be honest. White, like I said on Wednesday or Tuesday, we have not defeated white supremacy. We've only bought ourselves a little mm. bit of time. And white supremacy that's bought themselves a little bit more time with that Donald Trump video.
4: That's right. Uh, you're yep. absolutely right. All right, folks. Uh, uh, here's uh, here's a piece. I'm going to go to a break uh, in a second. I'm going to come back and talk to Dr. Chris Metzler about the 25th Amendment, folks. Uh, right now, more than 12,000 of you are watching us on YouTube, nearly 2,000 on Facebook. Yesterday, we hit our all-time high of 16,500 people watching simultaneously uh, on YouTube. We created this platform as a way for us to be able uh, to speak to our issues from our perspective, to have black experts like. At this others, uh, Lieutenant General uh, Russell Honore, uh, to be able to have uh, two members of the CBC, they have Tim Ryan on. Coming up next, Chris Metzler. We need you to support what we do. Please join our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, you can support us via Cash App, dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal.me is forward slash R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo.com is R Martin Unfiltered. Or Zelle is Roland at rolandsmartin.com. If you want to use a credit card, use Square by going to Unfiltered.com. You can also uh, send us a money order to new vision media inc 1625 k street northwest suite 400 washington dc 2006 and so we appreciate all of you who support what we do uh if you uh, of course you can you can join right there on youtube or facebook but if you join directly with us we get the full 100 percent but if you join on facebook or on uh, or on YouTube, then we have to share the revenue 5545 with those two platforms. So we prefer that you support us uh, direct to join our Bring the Funk fan club because of the great things that we're doing. Um, Messlers up next. I'm going to play this video. Greg referenced this. This was Connor Lamb, Congressman Connor Lamb last night. When he called Republicans out on their lies, Ooh, they got a little bothered and hot under the collar. And so Democrats are like, y'all want to swing? Les Wayne, watch this.
15: Enough has been done here today already to try to strip this Congress of its dignity. And these objectors don't need to do any more. We know that that attack today, it didn't materialize out of nowhere. It was inspired by lies, the same lies that you're hearing in this room tonight. And the members who are repeating those lies should be ashamed of themselves. Their constituents should be ashamed of them. And we know what's going to happen as soon as I walk away, what's happened all night tonight, what will continue to happen, they will take these same symbols, these same concepts, they'll smuggle them into their arguments, they'll make the same arguments. And I want people at home, anyone who is still watching to know these arguments are not for them, they're for you. None of the evidence we wanted to discuss here tonight will change their opinions or what they're about to say. But you need to know that's not the end. It's not as if there's nothing we can do because of that, and if there was, I don't think this nation would have made it to almost 250 years. The fact is, Madam Speaker, the fact is that at the end of the day, people. Point of order. Okay. Gentleman from Virginia, speaking, point
10: of order.
1: Gentleman will say this point of order.
15: The
16: gentleman
10: will say this point of order. Yes, ma'am. Point of order, The gentleman said that there were lies on this floor here today. Looking over this direction, I ask that those words be taken down. We may have a disagree- disagreement of, on, a, on matters, but...
1: This <laughs> demand is not timely. It's
10: yeah,
1: the gentleman's demand not, was not timely. You didn't uh, register an, an appropriate time. But the gentleman will proceed.
15: Thank you, Madam Speaker. Madam Speaker, the fact is that at the end of the day...
1: Yeah, look... You, Look, talk, it's you say sad, that it's about true. me every single day, so the truth just hurts hold your
15: tongue.
1: The gentleman will proceed.
15: It hurts. Okay. It hurts them. It hurts this country. It hurts all of us. But the fact is that the people have made this country work by not giving in. Go ahead, shout it out. Same the gentleman the is
1: not in order. The gentleman will proceed. The gentleman will proceed.
15: One last thing to say, Madam Speaker, and I thank you for your patience. All people need to know, all they need to know tonight, Madam Speaker. There'll There'll
1: There'll be order in the House. There'll be order in the House. There'll be order in the House. The gentleman will clear this chamber. The gentleman will clear the chamber. The gentleman will proceed.
15: Thank you, Madam Speaker. The truth hurts.
4: All right. Reason y'all we didn't see exactly what happened there because Congress controls the cameras uh, when they're in a session, there are only three cameras. There's the wide angle, the the center camera. There's the angle, the camera that goes uh, on where Republicans are on their mic, and the other camera on the Democrats' mic. And so that's why you only see those three cameras. Uh, C-SPAN only is able to show those three cameras. Uh, the issue of the 25th Amendment has come up a lot. As I said, Vice President Mike Pence, according to his advisors, has said he is not going to move forward with that. So what exactly is the 25th Amendment and what could its impact be? Joining us right now is constitutional law expert, Dr. Chris Metzler. Chris, first and foremost, uh, you are conservative. You're a Republican. You've seen uh, all of this madness that what took place on yesterday. Surely you have to be embarrassed to watch uh, these Republicans uh, even still support vote to not accept the electors of Pennsylvania and Arizona after what took place yesterday. Uh, And it, it it just makes no sense.
7: It makes absolutely no sense, and in fact, it was shameful. Um, it was not, in my view, unexpected, though. Um, but as we look at the Republicans who—well, uh, let's start with the president. The president clearly has uh, blood on his hands because there was no reason whatsoever to call people to Washington on the 6th of January. Um, He knew the reason that he was calling them there. He knew what they were going to do. So, in fact, he's aided and abetted that. That's number one. And after everything that happened, those members, those Republicans, both in the House and the Senate, who uh, still raised those objections, um, I guess they guess— They think, oh, well, you know, I'm gonna get reelected. I don't need black folks, young folks, et cetera, voting for me, so whatever. And let me go specifically to Josh uh, Holly. First of all, as it relates to Josh, I hope everyone knows that he's raised um, a significant amount of money uh, over his uh, objections. And we should also know that he plans to run for office in 2024, Naked Ambition. Uh, so it is it, it, it is what it is. And uh, the folks who did what they did yesterday, um, that's not the Republican Party I know. Uh, but apparently, you know, from my perspective, there is no Republican Party. It is a loose collection of factions. That's pretty much what you got.
4: Uh, for folks who don't, when these Constitution issues come up, people don't really understand. Uh, people, most people haven't even read the Constitution. When you watch some of these movies, they, they give you the impression that all the cabinet officers have to sign a letter invoking the 25th Amendment. Is that true or not?
7: No, they don't all have to, to sign. What has to happen is the vice president gets a majority of them to say, we want to do that. Here's the problem with um, the 25th Amendment. It's probably, and and particularly Section 4, the worst written part of the Constitution, which is why it's rarely ever used or invoked. Here's the problem. All All that will happen is that, in fact, the vice president would say, and that certain portion of the cabinet would say, the president is incapacitated. Okay, but here, here's what happens after that. The president then can write a response and say, no, I'm not. And at that point, Congress has 21 days to resolve that. So in this particular case, it, it's, it, it, it will go nowhere uh, relative uh, to the 25th Amendment. And keep in mind, it, it, the president can ban anyone from the White House. So it's not like they can trot up there and give him uh, this and say, get out. That's not how this
4: works. So when you say incapacitated, that means that, so if he says, I'm not, now they actually have to prove it. Now there has to be some process. uh, So in essence, some um, evidentiary hearing uh, to determine that.
7: Yeah. And that will take place in 21 days. So as a practical matter, by that time, he'd already be out of office. Now, the worst case scenario that can happen is you can have dueling uh, presidents. So for example, uh, Pence can say, yes, I determined that you're uh, incapacitated, and so I'm acting as president, Then he says, Trump says, no, I'm not. I'm still president. So it's, you know, the 25th Amendment really isn't explained as much as it should be explained so that folks understand it's not as easy as it sounds.
4: So and for all the people who keep talking about it, again, you're talking about a very short period of time. So actually, the quickest, actually, the quickest way To get rid of the president is really to impeach him in the house i mean they they literally now now now, even on that do, do they have to have a certain time frame so for instance can the house literally in one day impeach trump can the senate actually have a one day um one day hearing and vote to convict or or uh to acquit
7: yeah, they can They can do that. They can do that. There, there's no time period to do that. The problem is uh, what will happen in this case is the obstructionists will obstruct that process. But technically, yes, they can do that. They can call everyone back and say, listen, we're going to do this in one day. This is the time. You're not leaving here until this is done in 24 hours. They can do that as a practical matter. I don't think that's going to happen, but they could do
4: it. Dr. Chris Bensler, we certainly appreciate it, man. Thank you so very much. My
7: pleasure. Take care.
4: That's why I want to go to um, uh, Erica here. Erica, this is why I love it. All of these media folks today have been, oh, my God, Chuck Schumer has come out and saying invoke the 25th Amendment, and it's going on and on and on, the next person, next person, next person. But it ain't that simple. This whole notion that uh, the 25th Amendment is just like this magic bullet. Yeah, if he simply says, I'm not incapacitated, based upon what? Are you telling me I have dementia? I have Alzheimer's? That I'm sick? No, I'm not. I'm in great health. All right, now what do you do? And so, look, the real deal is, to me, push for impeachment and conviction. Yep. Yeah.
11: And, you know, Which uh, means you know, that Recy if he gets kind of convicted,
4: if he gets convicted, he can't run for president again.
11: Exactly, and I'm glad you're repeating that because that just needs to be repeated over and over, so it really does marinate into the frontal lobe of everyone's mind. That is what's going to have the most effect. You know, Reese just laid it out for us a few moments ago what this um, propaganda uh, that we've seen that is now posted on Twitter. Um, it's all about it is about him continuing to be able to maintain the power that he has within the cult that he has created. Right. And so when we look at what mainstream media has done with their participation and really forming um, the Frankenstein that they have before them, um, excuse me, um, allowing him to call into shows, giving him caught blanche, explaining him away, doing the J.D. Vance, the Hillbilly Elegy profiles um, you know, breathless profiles over and over again, over, um, the folks that support him, whatever the easiest fix is, whatever it is that they can get into the minds of the people that do consume these multi, um, alphabetic letter shows, um, to really just kind of say, you know, this is something that's being done and, and we believe that it can be done. But when you actually have to break it down, listen to it, have it explained to you, that it is not as easy as it sounds, um, and I do believe that some of these people also do know that. Um, when that kind of gets into uh, the public discourse, then now is is you know what it what is it that can be done? What can be effective? What can be effective is exactly what you've said, um, exactly what Dr. Carr said, and that is he said that he was on board with those articles of impeachment that are being drawn up and to go ahead and to move that forward because what that will do is really damage what he's looking to do and that is to run again. You know, this is a person who does not see um, anything wrong with who he is and what he's done and that he has blatantly ignored the 360,000 souls that are no longer here as a result of a pandemic that is out of control because he showed no leadership and we still don't have a national strategy. So, um, again, you know, thank goodness for Roland Martin, unfiltered, for people who are smart and um, that are able to share and uh, roll this out for us. But I think that, um, excuse me, what this is also going to do, just in these last waning days, people just ready for this to be over with. Um, so, hopefully, um, if members are able to draw up those you know, articles of impeachment and get it done. Great. But, you know, to be honest, I think what a lot of people are feeling is, you know, number one, because of what we saw yesterday, we do understand what, you know, white privilege is definitely something that's threaded into the American soil. We don't see that there'll be any accountability. And then secondly, that people are really wanting for his presidency to be over with so we can just move into really getting a handle on all of these other things that are mounted against us
4: now. But it's not going away, Reese. it's not going away at all. Donald Trump it uh, will still be there, and these idiots will follow every single thing that he asked them to do.
5: yeah, and I think that um you know, he's there to remind the public about how the Republican Party is the biggest threat to the national security and the well-being of this country because, If you don't have a Trump, then you have a Josh Hawley, you have a Paul Ryan, you have a charismatic thin, younger white man who, you know, wears nice tailored suits and, you know, is well spoken and maybe even a little soft spoken. And so, I mean, I love how Dr. Carr has always said, smile and Mike Pence, and he likes for people to show their cards. And I think that's what we have with Trump. Trump is dangerous. So I'm not trying to to diminish that. We don't know what the hell he's going to do. He's starting shit with Iran a couple of days ago. That's already falling off everybody's radar. Um, so he's dangerous and, you know, he is, he is a threat, but does the Republican party get that? Do they have the balls to go against him? You still had seven people vote against uh, certifying the election in the, in, in the, um, in the Senate and over a hundred people in the house. So Donald Trump still has the Republican party by the balls to some degree that could be helpful to the Democrats because he's an egomaniac. And once he's out of office. We have to be worried about him selling state secrets, you know, and things like that. But in terms of the political um, warfare that he's going to wage in his own party, that's that's going to be their problem to deal with. So, you know, I don't think that we're going to see any progress on this impeachment. That that part is theater. The Twenty Fifth Amendment stuff is theater. It's these folks trying to rehabilitate them, their images. Elaine Chao jumping ship, a couple other people jumping ship. It's just all about trying to misdirect. blame away from the people who have been complicit in this administration. But the last thing I will say, though, what I would like to see happen is for the the Congress to come back into session to get these uh, Biden-Harris appointees. Because from what I understand, and if I can recall correctly, they're not scheduled to come back until the 19th. That's the day before the inauguration. So there's no chance in hell that we're going to have any appointees confirmed on January 20th. So, unless Biden comes in and immediately asks for the resignations of all these people, you know, of all these Trump appointees, they're going to be behind the eight ball. So, listen, if you can get impeachment done, which I doubt, fine. But get back to the business of preparing for the Income Administration. Make sure that Warnock and Ossoff are seated, that Chuck Schumer is um, the leader, and that we can move on and start getting uh, the Biden-Harris administration situated to address these demands very quickly, because we do not have any more time to spare in the middle of a pandemic.
4: That's right. Greg, very simple. And that is this here. Um, what we are looking at, we 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 talk about this all the time. That clip I played uh, from ABC that was five years ago, and part mm-hmm. of the problem is that we got this milk toast ass commentary, even from a lot of black people on mainstream media, because they don't want to speak about whiteness, they don't mm-hmm. want to speak about white supremacy and the threat that we're dealing with. The FBI has already said that white domestic terrorism uh, is the greatest threat to the United States. It's these people here we're talking about. And so all of this, hey, let's just turn the page, reconciliation, no. I am unwilling to reconcile with white supremacy. Mm -hmm. I am not trying to go on and get along. I don't care about Mitt Romney's speech last night. Why? Because Mitt Romney wanted to be Trump's Secretary of State. I don't care about Sarah uh, Lindsey Graham saying that he has now accepted the election when he tried to get the votes overturned in Georgia, when he has kissed Trump's ass at every point over the past four years. I don't care that Mitch McConnell gave a statesman-like speech. No, I'm not trying to love these people. I've listened to some black commentators Mm -hmm. on other networks talk about, oh, how we need to embrace the moment, and this is a moment of healing. Bullshit! (laughs) These folks do not want to heal these no. people want to kill steal and destroy, and destroy they do not want to see black people voting they do not want to see black or Latino folks voting they want us to be go back to where we have a slavery without shackles they do not want to share power they do not want us to have any control whatsoever they can't stay is how they, they recently use woke how they attack us we're gonna talk about that with our next guest. After your comment, Greg, this brother was attacked for wearing a dashiki in a courtroom and he's a damn lawyer. That you saw these folks allow these racist uh, terrorists to come into the U.S. Capitol. No, black folks do not fall for the okie dote. These people are not our friends. They're not our allies. We cannot work with them. Once you show me you choose to work with evil, I am going to take you at your word. Damn working with you. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right, Roland. Um, and
2: this is why this show, this space, mm-hmm. you know, I just want to echo what Resia said and what Erica said. This is the gold standard of conversation right now in media across platforms, because what we've heard tonight has been a very nuanced, very con- well thought out discussion of where we are and what the possibilities are. When Chris Metzler says, that the the Republican Party is basically a bunch of factions. That was a very important statement. And and what Orisi has said is right. And Erica has said it as well. There's probably very little, if in no possibility of doing 25th Amendment or impeachment. However, however, you know, we, this might be an inflection point in American history. They take decades, centuries even to build. But what can you do in this small window before, as you say, the attention span is gone? Simply put, um, you know the Justice Department. Forget Merrick Garland. Look at Kristen Clark and, and look at Vanita Gupta and look at his deputies and say, you know what? There needs to be a criminal investigation of Trump. That'll keep Trump tied up. Don't put all this off on the James or Carl Ray scene. you them know? let do rebuild the civil rights division. Go with the go to the FBI. Reform them thoroughly because the FBI ain't nobody's friend. Let's be clear. Domestic terrorism. Mm-hmm. All this mm-hmm. stuff. You do that now. Set that aside. I thought, interestingly enough, at that rally yesterday, that Trump almost sounded jubilant and relieved. It may be that he doesn't want to run in 2024, but that he wants to retain that power because he ain't nothing but a carnival barker. But if, as long as he is in the field of play, he freezes the Harleys, He freezes the cottons in them because they've got to maintain that white nationalist attitude and that might just be the thing to allow him to do, be in the investigation, do this kind of thing. By the way, uh, Roland, uh, where's our where's our man Vernon Jones? Because I saw him out there. He joined the Republican Party <laughs> on the flat. <laughs> yeah, his punk Watch ass was there. He see? said
4: he's joining, he joining the Republican Party. And I've been in Georgia five weeks. Let me just be as clear as possible. I'm trying not to cuss. Some of y'all say I cuss too much. Well, let me just go ahead and say this. <laughs> Bitch-ass <Vernon's> Vernon Jones... <laughs> hasn't shown up to anywhere I've been in Georgia for the fat past five weeks. And so, yeah, I know my mom and daddy probably ain't going to like it, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Bitch-ass Vernon Jones mm-hmm. hasn't shown up anywhere. Started. And guess what? <laughs> and guess what? Angela Stanton, your trifling ass ain't said nothing. Bruce Lavelle, your trifling ass ain't saying nothing. Alveda King, I want to know where are you with your Christian talk about what happened yesterday? All y'all punk ass black MAGA people who are running around saying who y'all voted for him. Yeah, Melech, Abdul, I'm talking about you. I'm talking <laughs> about Paris Denard, all y'all. Y'all oh, all something. supported a racist, sexist, Mm -hmm. thieving, lying SOB who will unleash hate on this country and y'all want it. Four more years of that trash that's why I I don't want to hear a damn thing from nobody who is a part of the 74 million to me there are two lines the 74 or the 81 which one of those were you in now if you didn't vote yeah it should have been with the 81 but fine I ain't gonna dog you too much but I will still cuss you out but if you part of the 74 million who voted for Trump y'all can go to hell because y'all wanted four more years of this evil Going to break, when we come back, we're going to talk to a black lawyer. Brother's facing jail time, why? Because he wore a damn dashiki to court. I'll explain next on Roland Martin Unfiltered. I want to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy.
3: Whatever he does, he accuses everyone else of doing. The man cannot tell the truth, but he combines it with being a narcissist. A narcissist at a level I don't think this country's ever seen.
7: And my concern is that he would grab up that power and really uh, treat the country as sort of his uh, little bully fiefdom.
1: Donald Trump is everything I taught my children not to do in kindergarten.
10: He's been exploiting working Americans for 40 years.
3: He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot.
1: He says he's for the little guy, but he's actually built a lot of his businesses on the backs of the little
9: guy. You know, Donald Trump the other day said that it quote if he tells a soldier to commit a war crime, the soldier will just go do it.
3: And I don't think Donald Trump uh, uh, has
9: has even read the Constitution, knows what's in the Constitution.
13: A toxic mix of demagoguery and mean-spiritedness and nonsense.
8: I just
1: cannot support Donald Trump.
13: Donald Trump is a
7: delusional narcissist in an orange-faced windbag. Donald Trump is a con artist.
3: He doesn't know the difference between truth and lies. He lies. Practically every word that comes out of his mouth.
4: I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he's
3: unfit for office.
4: Well, attorney Jaya Person-Lynn is scheduled to be sentenced on Friday after a jury convicted him of one count of willfully resisting, delaying, or obstructing a peace officer. The conviction steals from his January 2019 arrest at the San Bernardino County Courthouse where he was tased and tackled before being arrested when courtroom deputies didn't believe he was an attorney because he had a dashiki on.
3: I'm an attorney. I'm an officer of the court. I'm okay. here to talk to the clerk. Okay. That's what I'm here what for. What are you here for? To talk to
7: the clerk. About what case? Not anyone. Oh, a, well, it's not It's just a not social clerk. hour with the clerk. Yeah. we
0: got to f- figure out what you're doing here. No, oh, You can step out. Step out. I'm going to step out. I'm going to, to You cannot approach the clerk. In Department 7, I'm not. Got because a that's
5: the
3: rule. of the court. you
14: care. see that? Do not po- approach the clerk. Okay. Okay. So step out and yeah. I can help you outside. What? Well, I need to talk
7: to you. You have to talk to me to approach the clerk. Okay, well, tell the clerk I
14: want to talk to him. Sir, step out. What? Step out. What? Just, no. come on. Let's talk to the clerk. So, why are y'all clicking on Because you you're not listening. Go. I'm have a problem. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I guarantee this. I'm here to talk to the clerk okay. about my case. Do
16: you want to tell? So, is it your case? My client's case. Okay. So what's your client's name? I have the case number, MSB 18020365. And I'm here to talk to the clerk about it. You fucked up. MSB? I promise you, you fucked up. MSB, sir. 18020365. Put your hands on me, Barbie.
0: Understand what I'm telling you? That's a threat. I got you.
7: Square up, pinch your fist, tell me you're coming after me, and then step up to
17: put the hit down on the dude.
4: Joining me right now is Jaya Person Lin. Uh Jai Person, glad to have you here. This all started because you were wearing dashiki and they didn't believe that you were a lawyer.
16: Yeah, plain and simple. That's it. And um, you know, thanks for having me. Good to see you. Uh, but that's that's it. Uh they did not believe me. I told them exactly who I was, what I was there for. And before I before the video that you showed uh started. I tried to pull out my bar card to show them I'm in fact an attorney, but I did not get that opportunity. Before that, he pushed me.
4: So they hit you with willfully resisting, delaying or touching a peace officer.
16: Um, And they want to see you in jail for a year because of a shirt you go in. that's what I'm facing. That's what I'm facing and at the trial, they recognized it was not resisting. Although you hear him on the audio saying, are you gonna stop resisting? They know I never resisted. Um, And so at the trial, it was for delaying or obstructing. So at the part of the video you just showed when um, he put his hands on me the second time and I put my hand on his and, and his hand left my chest, that is the act, the specific act that the jury said Delayed or obstructed him in the lawful performance of his duty, and that three-second act is the act that I was convicted of delaying or obstructing him in his duty. So, what the jury said
4: is the officer can put hands on you, and you're supposed to stand there and just take it.
16: That's exactly what they said. It's it's basically just the um the us realizing that the Dred Scott case is still good law, at least in San Bernardino, San Bernardino County, in which the Supreme Court of the United States uh, wrote, and it's still there on the books today, that for uh, more than a century, we were regarded as inferior beings, and so inferior that we could be reduced to slavery for our own benefit, and that uh, a black man had no rights that a white man was bound to respect. So. That being good law, that being the state of the law, makes sense why I was convicted. Um, But if I was actually a true full citizen of this nation, I would not have been even charged. That officer would have been charged for a battery and assault with a deadly weapon when he shot me with the taser.
4: Uh, Are you concerned after the jury uh, took three seconds and uh, convicted you uh that uh, and, and and who did, first of all who
16: determines what your sentence is going to be is it the judge or is the jury it's the judge that allowed the jury to act on that the whole thing from the second i walked through the doors of the courtroom until the time i was tased was under two and a half minutes but the judge uh enumerated nine different acts from that one uh charge in those two and a half minutes to allow the jury to try and convict me on. So they didn't convict me on the other eight, um, but they convicted me on that one act, which, and it was, it, it took the jury seven hours of deliberation, and it was only about seven hours of testimony. So that's a long time to testify. Um, that's, a, that's a long time to deliberate with such short testimony. Uh, but when the judge allowed all of those acts to come in, they figured they had to convict me of something. And they ultimately did. And then when I talked to a couple jurors afterwards, one of them told me it wasn't the act of pushing his hand away from you that was the the guilty act. It was the fact that once you did that, it made him focus on you more. So he followed you out of the, the courtroom, even though I was following their instructions to leave, The fact he followed and nobody asked him to follow is what made me delay him. That was their actual reasoning that they stated why they convicted me. That makes no sense whatsoever. It makes no sense at all because what they're saying is if there's an officer on the streets doing DUI patrol, but then they pull me over for using my cell phone while driving, I have now obstructed this officer from doing his DUI patrol duty. And that is the kind of logic that the jury came. The jury of no black people. We were in Rancho Cucamonga, it's eight or 9% black, Uh, it's 10% Asian, but out of the 24 jurors in the jury pool, there were zero blacks and six Asians. Um, And one of the jurors, the juror that told me his reasoning, uh, he, he actually told the judge before the trial that He's not a good juror for this because he believes police are right all the time. So if I didn't do exactly what they said, I'd be wrong. And he even told me if if the cop pushed him like that, he would have removed his hand. But that's him telling me, in his eyes, I'm less than him because if it's, right, it's right for him to do it, but not for me to do it.
4: So um, you will learn your fate tomorrow morning at 830 a.m. Pacific time, correct?
16: Yes, sir, from the same judge that allowed that juror to stay on and allowed those nine acts. And the thing about this uh, statute, it's specific to an officer. So there could be two officers there, and I have to delay a specific officer, not just law enforcement in general. So four of the nine acts that uh, the judge enumerated for the jury to decide on were not even against Deputy Barry, who was the white deputy in the video, that uh, got physical with me and, and shot me with the taser. Four of them were against the other deputy who testified, I should not have been arrested, I should not have been tased. Um, and But that's imagine that. You had a black deputy saying I shouldn't have been arrested or tased. You had a black attorney saying I shouldn't have been arrested and tased in myself. And then a white officer saying it was okay to do in the courtroom. And that's why he pushed me was maintaining the security of the courtroom. And so it's, you know, I don't get it. He also testified when we walked into the vestibule, he had no plans on arresting me. And what I got arrested for happened about a minute before we walked into the vestibule. So for the judge to even allow the jury to uh, make a decision on that was a miscarriage of justice. And then obviously them convicting me was a miscarriage of justice, but a reminder that uh, regardless of what the laws say related to our rights, the status that we had uh, when the Declaration of Independence was written, when they said, when Thomas Jefferson wrote, all men are created equal while holding slaves, that meant from the foundation of this nation until this day, we are less than in this country. And if if that wasn't enough, we have the Constitution, we have the Dred Scott opinion, and even up until my conviction, it's it's just a reminder of our status here.
4: All right, then. Uh, well, look, we certainly appreciate you joining us. We'll, we'll wait to see uh, what this decision is tomorrow. Jaya, personally, and we appreciate it, brother. Good luck. Thanks a lot, Roland. I greatly appreciate you, brother. Thank you very much. President-elect Joe Biden revealed his picks today to run his Department of Justice. Merrick Garland, is his choice to be Attorney General. But two of the top folks are civil rights leaders as we speak. Vanita Gupta, who leads the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. Uh, She's going to be Associate Attorney General. And Christian Clark is going to head the Civil Rights Division. Here is what Vanita had to say today.
17: And I am honored to return to a department that I know will push every day for justice, accountability, and equality under the law. It will not be enough to restore what has been undermined or lost. This moment demands bold leadership. The Department of Justice, as it has done throughout its storied history, will have to uncover and reckon with hard truths, hold people, companies, and institutions accountable to our constitution and laws, drive change where there is injustice, and heal a nation that is starving for leadership and decency and hope. Now is the time to ensure that our economic system works for everyone, that we can protect the health and safety of all of the American people, and that we will harness all of the Justice Department's levers for civil rights, justice and police reform and climate justice and so much more. As the late Congressman John Lewis said, democracy is not a state, it is an act. And I pledge to the American people that, if confirmed, I will act for justice every day. I pledge that to you, president-elect. I pledge that to you, vice president-elect. I am honored, deeply honored, for the chance to work together with activists for justice, with law enforcement, with this extraordinary team that I am so humbled to serve, with the incredible women and men at the Justice Department to strengthen our democracy and to make equal justice under law a real promise for all. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
4: And Christian Clark, who leads the large Committee for civil rights under law, a frequent guest on this show. Here's what she had to say.
18: Mr. President-elect, Madam Vice President-elect, it's an honor and a privilege to be nominated to return to the Department of Justice and serve the American people at this critical moment in our democracy. I am humbled and exceedingly proud to join the remarkable team that you have put together to pursue the urgent, timeless cause of equal justice under law. I stand here today deeply inspired by the example of the late Thurgood Marshall, Constance Baker Motley, and other public servants who dedicated their lives to advancing the cause of justice. We are at a crossroads. I am, if I am fortunate enough to be confirmed, we will turn the page on hate and close the door on discrimination by enforcing our federal civil rights laws. Growing up in Brooklyn, New York, my parents instilled in me an unrelenting belief in the principles of hard work and respect for the dignity dignity and humanity of all people. I am deeply thankful for the trail that my parents blazed and today I'm thinking about the pride that I know my mother, Pansy, my brother Troy, my sister Karen, and my partner Mustafa are feeling as I take on this challenging new opportunity. As a mom myself now, I see the future of America through the eyes of my son. And honestly, at times I am worried. Will he have full and equal access to the extraordinary opportunities of American life? Will he be able to embrace those opportunities in safety and dignity? Will all of America's children, every parent lays awake some nights asking these same questions. I know that my own parents did. I was fortunate to benefit from amazing educational opportunities and plenty of lucky breaks that opened doors for me. But I know then, as I know today, that not everyone is blessed with the opportunities that I enjoyed. And that awareness has animated my life's work. It's what brought me to the Department of Justice where I started my career, and it's what brings me back for this homecoming today. The Department, and especially the Civil Rights Division, has always occupied a special place in my heart. The clarion call of equal justice under law is what binds us together as a nation. Now it's my honor to return to work alongside the dedicated career professionals who give of themselves every day to make that principle real. In the lives of families like mine, in my son's life, and in the lives of all of our sons and daughters, I know the passion and fearlessness that both the president-elect and the vice president-elect bring to the work before us to restore justice, to heal our nation, and to move us closer to that ideal of equal justice. I'm humbled, honored, and eager to work with them and with this team. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to serve my country as a member of your administration.
4: Greg, Greg you are the, uh, you went to Ohio State Law School. You uh, understand uh, these issues, your assessment of this legal team, this justice team Joe Biden has assembled.
2: Well, let me pause here and say, uh, shout out to the HBCUs. Uh, I do teach a class at the Howard University School of Law and uh kristen clark is a proud graduate of the howard university school of law so i want to say that by the way so is young brother person lynn i knew his father who is a professor of pan-african studies out on the west coast he's a hustle grad also went to hampton undergrad um you know merrick garland is irrelevant if he stay out of the way of those two and we need hmm. to make him stay out of the way of those two because i'm gonna tell you right now all those consent degrees uh will be reinstated with kristen clark over civil rights, the uh, you heard what Venita Gupta said about the full using the full power and extent of the law, the investigations, and and, and there's some things in there, and I'll keep this very brief. Uh, uh, the 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 parting middle finger that that Toad Bar uh, gave on his way out, scurrying out the door, was um, a recommendation to the White House. To revise the way that the federal government pursues cases under Title VI of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, this is what they call in the law the uh, kind of use of patterns, or, what, or the phrase, the phrasing in Title VI is disparate impact. Uh, in other words, if you apply for a mortgage and you don't get the points, and you say it's because you were black, you don't have to show that it happened only it happened to you individually. If you can show a disparate impact on black people or Latinos or LBGTQ or women. And so what the attorney general did without any public comment period is suggest to the Trump administration very, on the way out the door through that stink bomb. Now, Biden and them can't undo that immediately, but they can choose through the uh, Department of Justice whether or not to pursue that strategy. That's now up to Vanita Gupta. So, hey, Mark, hey, hey Merrick, stay out the way, bruh. One other thing I'll say... <laughs> One other thing i say, one great thing about Merrick Garland, and I endorse this 150 percent, Merrick Garland leaves the D.C. Court of Appeals, which many people call the farm team for the Supreme Court, immediately, and let's put this, uh, uh, Reese, let's put this on our sister Kamala Harris. We don't want five names. We don't want three names. Find the name of the black woman you want to appoint to the D.C. Court of Appeals. Go to Stephen Breyer and say, bruh, you're 82. Let's move you out to paint in two years. Put that sister on the Supreme Court, or since Clarence Thomas is a black man, how do we know he's black? His hair done turn snow white. Keep your left <laughs> eye on him, because that <laughs> might make him quit and get that sister on the Supreme Court. So good, Mayor Garland. Appoint him. Put that sister on the Supreme Court. Let's make this move. Don't be bullshitting with these people, because otherwise they'll slow walk us on this unity BS. But yeah, that's
12: that's my journey.
4: <laughs> or, Reese, or Recy, I'll do this here appoint uh, a sister to, to Merrick Garland seat and then want and then go to Stephen Brower and then point a uh, sister to the Supreme Court. Go for a twofer. Your thoughts on this GOJ yes, team?
5: I'm all for it. You know, listen, we need we need to quit moving black people on the chessboards and not getting a net plus. Okay. Um so Kintaji uh Brown Jackson, let's put her in there um, Merrick Garland seat and yes. Yes, that's the name that I've seen, um, you know, thrown out there. So, yeah, we're going to have to galvanize behind her. But absolutely, listen, my Garland, ugh, whatever. You know, I mean, he doesn't excite me. He doesn't repulse me. I think he's a very—you know, it's, it's kind of the Obama mentality, right? Oh, let's put a very moderate, you know, uncontroversial white man in there that's not going to offend anybody. And um, so whatever to that. But, I mean, really, that's more of— you know, a, a, a policy overseer. But really the meat of it is in these um, other appointments. I am thrilled to see Kristen Clark and Vanita Gupta in these positions. That is going to bring tangible change because these are not people that just sit up there and throw flames. These are people that are actually serious people who have been on the forefront of all of these major fights throughout and before the Trump administration. And I need to do this. So these are very, very, very serious Credible picks that are exciting picks. I think I I I, I think people are going to have a hard time um, trying to diminish them and say that you know that the Biden-Harris administration is unserious about making progress on these fronts assuming, as Dr. Carr pointed out, that Mayor Garland stays out the way and kind of lets them run the show. So this is just, that—that that is just absolutely thrilling news to me. Um, with Kristen Clark, I heard that she was offered an, a different position and she decided that she wanted this position specifically. And so I feel like we're in good hands with those two, as much as can be done at the executive level and in agency power, which is sort of significant, I think we are really, really, really the better off having these two women um, in these positions.
4: Got it. Erica, final comment.
11: Sherilyn Eiffel. That's my final comment. Sherilyn Eiffel. I'm looking to hear her name kind of circulate when we're talking about Supreme Court picks. But, you know, again, um, we think about Kristen Clark and we think about Benita Gupta, as everyone has pretty much said when I think about in terms of all of the unsexy fights, they have been in state courts. They have been Mm -hmm. fighting the good fight on the unpopular, um, uncovered um, um, cases that have really kind of helped democracy continue to really push forward. So really happy to hear this. And um, um, again, um, like everybody else, we're just looking forward to day one so we can get things moving and and going. Mm Roland, before you move to your
2: next story, though, I was going to say, that signer, that was way too much Sister Joy. See, that's what Mo Brooks and them hate. You see that?
5: <laughs>
6: she oh, was, she, it. Was, getting she it. was getting it. She was getting it. She was giving it. <laughs> that's what they hate, man. Sis <laughs> had her purple much. and her
11: black
4: on. <laughs> 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 hey, we we have flavor no matter what we do. All right, y'all, I'm going to end it. First of all, Kristen Clark is, is, is a huge uh, um, a friend of this show. I've been hugely supportive of her leading the Lawyers Committee uh, on Tom Joyner TV One on this show as well. And so we certainly congratulate her and look forward to working with her in the Department of Justice. Uh, I, I saw this clip. Jamal Bryant posted this real quick, y'all. Uh, yesterday when all the stuff was going down in the house, uh, somebody shot this video, uh, Lisa Rochester uh, of uh, 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 Delaware. All I'm simply saying is, if, if y'all need somebody to pray on your behalf, y'all might want to call her. This is what went down in the midst of that craziness in the house yesterday. Check this out. Imagine, and uh, law enforcement will, will take
5: over. These moments, as uh, members of the house chamber got on their knees and prayed. Bringing the presidential transition process, which was supposed to be happening today, to a screeching halt. Although we do understand there's an effort to get it back underway tonight to continue the continuity
4: of government, which is obviously so important in the United States. Imagine and uh, long y'all saw y'all saw the look on her face. Uh That was some praying. That was, some, that was that's what we call intercessory praying.
11: Amen.
4: Yes. All y'all folks. For, for all up y'all folks who don't know about. Yeah, for all y'all who don't know about intercessory praying, that was the intercessory praying that was going on right there. Uh, that that's hand. it for us look today. We certainly want to thank. If yeah, I yeah, look one at more the thing, hand. Roland, before we look
11: cross at out. The... One more. <laughs> yeah. If I can just say one thing just about Georgia, you mentioned you've been in Georgia um, for five weeks. I want to say thank you, Roland. Nobody has covered the state of Georgia like Roland Martin Unfiltered. I said it on Twitter, but I want to say it again here. Roland Martin on this program back in December said that he would be in Albany, Georgia on a Thursday and he was there two days later. And after that, the Warnock campaign showed up and they showed up again and again and again. Mm -hmm. It's folks Mm -hmm. like Roland Martin that they don't say that they're going to do something and maybe do it. They damn do it. Roland, you helped turn the tide. You talked to people. You were on the ground. Um, It seemed like it was 24 hours coverage. So my brother, I bless you. I thank you. You covered 159 counties, and you were also, as uh, Congresswoman Brenda Lawrence talked about Michigan, you were also very much so a part of the wave that helped turn Georgia motherfucking blue. So thank you, Roland Martin.
4: <laughs> oh, uh, well, certainly appreciated. Uh, we we've had a great time uh, here in Georgia. Uh, we made the commitment that we were going to be here uh, here, and so we were in Albany. Th- three, two times, we were in Albany twice, we were in Columbus twice, we were in Savannah three times, we were in Macon, we were in Athens, we were in Clayton mm-hmm. County, Gwinnett County, DeKalb County, Fulton County. Uh, and so we spent uh, lots of time here. Uh, and, I, and this is also why I, I encourage people to join our Bring the Funk fan club, because Please. I need y'all to understand, there's a, mayor, there's a mayoral election in St. Louis. Um, the primary is March 21st. Uh, it's nonpartisan. Uh, you've got a white progressive who's running. You've got uh, you've got uh, three African-Americans. Don't ask me what the black people in St. Louis can't get together and run one person. OK, that's how Tashara Jones lost last time. Uh, but uh, I've already reached out to her. I'm going to go to St. we're going to go to St. Louis. We're going to host a town hall there. Uh, we'll invite the other candidates as well. Uh, but we're going to be doing that. Uh, You got the Virginia gubernatorial uh, race is going to be taking place. Uh, The primary is likely in June. We're going to be all over Virginia. We're looking at some of these other races. Uh, In 2022, uh, Ron Johnson is running in Wisconsin. We're going to go to Wisconsin and take his ass out. Uh, That punk-ass Marco Rubio will be running in Florida. We plan on going down to Florida, taking his ass out as well. Uh, And so... We are going to use our resources uh, to be on the ground, going to these places. Uh, and just so, y'all, just so y'all know, I wish I, I could show, I'll show it to you, but it's actually connected. I just want y'all to understand. Y'all think, and I, I'm purposely transparent because I need y'all to understand. It's sort of like when I talk to my nieces, I tell them how much stuff costs so they can understand mm. that, this, that, that this stuff don't just happen. I mean, seriously. The, the equipment mm-hmm. that the live stream equipment that we use is called an LU800. Y'all, we were, we were out there. ABC got the same unit. CBS got the same unit. NBC on, got the same unit. Fox got mm-hmm. the same unit. Now, they probably got 30, 40, or 50 of them. We got two, but we're using top of the line equipment. That these folks are doing as well, and so I need our people to understand that we're serious about covering uh, African Americans, bringing you the kind of news we're talking about. And so again, that vehicle, that roll roll and build we talking about, that was one hundred eighty eight thousand dollars. That allows for us to be able to travel across the country and broadcast wherever we go. I told y'all last night, uh, we, we the goal is to launch our OT, O T T channels. Okay, that means that I mean we're going to be on Apple TV, we're going to be on Roku. We're going to be on Twitch. We're going to be on Amazon Fire. We're going to be on Xbox. We're going to be on Samsung TV. That's $145,000 a year. And so we're not playing around. I'm not waiting. Let me be just real clear. I'm not wasting any more time on what other black media people are not doing. I mm. tried to partner with all these other black media people. Y'all, I email all of them. Folk didn't want to partner. I'm not wasting any more time. We're going to build this and we're going to build something significant. And so Mm -hmm. uh, once I unveil it to y'all, I'm telling y'all the vision was always larger than just a show for me. It was always larger. okay? and so we're going to be hiring uh, a number of people in 2021 uh, to build this team out. So do understand we're not playing games i am not going to cede anything to the other networks we can do just as well and in fact i got a, i got an email from one of these uh from from showtime for a show uh they actually want to use some of the video from one of the warnock ossoff rallies that we shot that we had that they don't have and so y'all need to understand that also i'm getting phone calls from people in England who want to use our content. It was a in John rally we covered. It's a documentary that they actually want to use for. And so we are building this, and so we need your support. Yes, we're out here going to these advertisers, trying to get these dollars. Trust me, I've made it clear to Chuck Schumer. I'm going to make it clear to Biden and to Harris as well. The federal government spends $1 billion a year on media advertising and black media only gets $10.1 million a year of that money. Black media gets one... Per- Listen to me, y'all. Black media gets 1% of the $1 billion spent annually on media. In the words of Frank Lucas, I'm going to get that money. <laughs> and so this is what we are building. And so do understand... I'm not playing games, and so we're serious about this. Uh, and so I just want y'all to understand that when you give, and, I tr- and y'all need to understand, I, I get every time y'all give to Cash App, my phone pings. When you give to PayPal, mm-hmm. when you give to Zelle, when you give to Venmo, I literally see every single one of your notices. And for the folks mm-hmm. who gave today, a dollar and seventy-five cents. There are people who gave $4 today. There are people who gave $10 today. There was somebody who gave a $250 one-time uh, gift. I appreciate the $1.75. I appreciate the $250 because you know what? $250 plus $175 is $250, $175. And so <laughs> it all matters. And so mm-hmm. uh, we want you all to please uh, support us in what we do. Uh, cash app dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is paypal.me. Forward slash r martin unfiltered venmo.com is venmo.com forward slash rm unfiltered zale is the email roland at rollinsmartin.com uh we also of course you can send a money order to new vision media inc 1625 k street northwest washington suite 400 washington dc 2006. Uh, you also, of course, can support us with a credit card with Square. Just go to RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. uh Yes, I am fully aware of what happened with YouTube. The signal dropped out. We had 11,000 people on with YouTube. It, we dropped down to 3,400, came back to 7,600. Uh, I've already sent YouTube an email because I'm pissed off that we had 16,500 people on yesterday and we, our signal got cut and we never got back above 8,000. And so uh, they've already heard from me with three emails in the past 10 minutes about this, which is also why building our own OTT channel is important, y'all, because if we do that, then YouTube can't cut our signal. So no matter what video we show or photos we show on our own OTT channel, we control that 100%. So that's why that matters. Folks, I appreciate it. Tomorrow's my last day here in Georgia. We return back uh, to uh, our home uh, on uh, on Saturday. Uh, and so, uh, ain't seen uh, my folk. Uh, my, I'm sure my niece is like, what do you look like? Uh, but uh, again, <laughs> we've been out here uh, doing the work. And so, we're going to keep doing the work. I will see y'all tomorrow on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, unfiltered.
11: Zumo Play.